This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world. Welcome to this month's episode of your journey through uh, the alternate universe of love and treats, turkey, stuffing, whatever they did in Australia, although their Thanksgiving's probably different. Do they even have one? I'll ask my co-host in a moment. Welcome to this month's episode of Through the Looking Glass. I am co-host Scott Criscolo. Thanks for joining us. It is an honor uh for you to be with us and uh we are in november and you you know what that means uh that means that we're talking about world war three so what no we're not um so although was that november's uh show in wcw i think it was right oh one month one month there was lethal lottery and then it bounced Mm. around but uh, anyway, let me bring in my uh, my co-host. He is the Thunder from Down Under. He's my gobbledygooker. Hello, Dave Hall. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, hello to all our listeners worldwide. Thank you for joining us once again. It is it's warming up. It's getting warmer down here by the by the day. It's uh, we're in November now, and uh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's not um. Thanksgiving's not a not a thing down here in Australia. We don't have Thanksgiving. I guess we're just thankful all the time. You know, we 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 live a life of thankfulness of down here. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're more, yeah. But um, I know it's a special day up up in. It's it's something I've never really, I guess, you know, down here in Australia, we just, I, I don't, I know it's a special day in the U.S. and and I know Canada have their own Thanksgiving apparently, and I don't fully get it, but um, I know it's important to everyone, and so I I wish everyone in the U.S. a, a happy Thanksgiving build up. It's it's approaching quick. But um, no, it, it, we're doing fine down here. Uh, lovely weather as always, and uh, yeah, it's it's getting warmer and warmer. You know what? Um, yeah, it's getting a little. It's not uh, totally murder here yet. It's probably uh, today it was in the upper fifties, low sixties. So it's still a little warm. It's not dipping down too too bad yet. But I mean, God, October it was still in the uh, in the early in the low seventies. So. We're still kind of hanging out with you. I'm looking forward to our Royal Rumble, the sequel episode in January, where you have it at 99 and I'm at nine. So <laughs> that's 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 the <laughs> that's the pinnacle. And then we get to June, and you're at nine and I'm at 99. Although you don't even get that cold, so nah, it doesn't lucky. get that cold down here. No, you're lucky. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us uh, on this November episode. This is what episode 14. Uh, I say this every month, but I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, like the rest of our monthly shows. Um, if you are new and this is the first podcast you've clicked on here in the PTB wrestling network, welcome. I'm Scott. Hmm. Have a seat. We have the best, uh, podcast content around for wrestling. We're mostly classic stuff. We do some new stuff occasionally like place me nation's main event. Uh, but we are mostly, we, we do a lot of classic stuff and like this show. Um, this is not an episodic show, meaning you don't have to, you don't have to shut this episode off and go back to episode one. 
all of our episodes are standalones. They just have one theme that we go into an alternate universe and tweak things that uh, maybe we want that didn't happen in real life. Um, but please, after you conclude this episode, uh, go to the archive at place to be and listen and uh, please listen to the uh, previous 13 episodes. They were all pretty awesome. Uh, I particularly enjoyed um, our war games episode last month. I had a ton of fun with that episode. It was, um, it was really good. And for the second consecutive month, uh, Dave Hall, we are going to be doing another team oriented uh, episode for those that are veterans of the show. You know that we have already done a Royal Rumble episode. We did that back in January, of course. We did a WrestleMania episode back in March. And we did a SummerSlam episode in August. So, duh, what are we talking about tonight, Dave Hall? <laughs> I think we've kind of <laughs> tipped our hand, but set the table. Well, first off, sir, how? well, you mentioned all the great weather and and Thanksgiving is not is a big deal here in America and in Canada. I think Thanksgiving's in December or something. But uh, I know you eat. I'm assuming you eat turkey, Dave. Is turkey a thing in Australia? I, I, it's not really a big thing down here. We um we 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 love our chickens, our, our roast chickens and lamb. Lamb and chicken are, are are big down here in Australia. Turkey's not really a a, a big thing. But if you really want to go out on 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 a limb and and be courageous and daring, you can go and buy kangaroo. Now I've ah. never had. I've never had kangaroo myself, but um, apparently it can be quite tough. But uh, yeah, there are people out there who who give you know kangaroo a go. I guess you know a bit of the the national treasure, the 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 kangaroo, mm-hmm. and the, the sort of that uh, around the world that symbol of Australia. But uh, I don't know that turkeys are a symbol of America. Um, you know, I, I guess it's uh, you know, yeah, it's just a different. But yeah, no, turkey's not a thing down here. Oh, okay. I love lamb, uh, by the way, uh, and I love chicken, but I am actually a giant turkey fan. I love turkey. I don't like cold cut turkey. I think cold cut turkey is gross, but I love real turkey. So when I have when I think of a good turkey sandwich, I think of real turkey stuffing, cranberry sauce and mayo. That's my gobbler. That's what I eat. up. So I look forward to November because I love football and I love uh, turkey in November here in, in North America. It's all about turkey and football. Christmas is Christmas and basketball because the NBA does all their games that day. Anyway, I digress. Well, that, that is at uh, least the one thing. The one thing down here is you know when it's Thanksgiving because we get the three Thanksgiving games of NFL back to back on our Australian TV channels. So we actually ah, okay, get to good. see those three games. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I'm lo- looking and, forward to that. That's that's the one day my wife gets annoyed at me a bit more because it's like you watch football on on Monday nights and you watch football on you now, well, why do you have to watch all these games on, on in the middle of the week? I'm like, well, they're on. Exactly. And if you're listening to this, the day it drops, uh, which is November 16th, we're I think a week and a half away from Thanksgiving. So, uh, if you, you know, if you care, uh, let's take a look at, um, uh, uh, the games that day. Uh, the games that day, actually, uh, uh, Dave, all very good games. The early game is uh, Bills Lions. All right, so maybe it's not a good game. The Bills may blow them out. <laughs> Bills yeah. play Lions. Uh, the Giants play the Cowboys. Uh, that, that'll, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. That'll be a fun game. Yes, Cowboys, of course, uh, beat the Giants on Monday night earlier in the year. And the uh, primetime game is the Patriots and the Vikings. That should be fun. 
Yeah, that, that that can be very interesting. There's a couple of a couple of interesting games after you after you get over the the blowout that'll happen in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, uh, poor Detroit, poor Jordan Duncan. I think he forgets football exists. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but it is November, uh, so of course, Dave, what are we talking about tonight? Well, of course, we're going to be rebooking a bunch of uh, Thanksgiving football games and uh, yeah. <laughs> Seeing if we can find a way to coach teams to wins. Yes, in my in my alternate in my looking glass, the Cowboys are forty-seven and zero in the history of Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, everyone, I mean, as I said, while Thanksgiving may not be a big thing down here in Australia, it's very clear that Thanksgiving and November, uh, there is a very key event that goes hand in hand with that, and that's the Survivor Series. Uh, we've alluded to it already that we've looked at the the big sh- the big three to date, and uh, we're going to add the big four today. And um, we're going to we're going to have a, we're going to have a little bit of a look at some uh, different realities with the Survivor Series, um, and we're going to have some fun with this today. We're going to we're going to look at a couple of different years and um, make some changes. Essentially, we're going to do a bit of a rebook today. Uh, so that's going to be fun. That's going to be, and and I hope everyone enjoys that. But before we let the cat out of the bag about how we're going to do that, got as always, Survivor Series. Um, this is one that I think probably a lot of long-term fans have been on from the beginning. I, I I'm assuming you like me saw it pretty well from the beginning. '87 was the first one, and 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 at that time it was teams of five strive to survive. So what? When, when first, when what, what are your thoughts? When you think of uh, the Survivor Series, what sort of what is it about the Survivor Series that has appealed to you over time? Well, you know the funny thing about uh, Survivor Series is um, that was the one pay per view as a kid that I never watched live. Um, obviously, until nineteen ninety. Was it 1991? Was it 19? No, it was nine. I think it was 1991. The first four Survivor Series, 87 through 90, were all on, on Thanksgiving because uh, I remember, uh, you know, I was at my aunt and uncle's house on Thanksgiving Day. We'd go over there after we'd have one half of the, my mom's half of the family would come over and we'd have dinner you know turkey dinner at my house and then we'd go to my dad's side of the family um in the evening in in the afternoon like for an open house and i'd end up eating more turkey and watching the cowboys with my cousin uh, who's a big cowboy fan everybody else is a giant fan so we laughed but uh (laughs) except in the late 80s when the cowboys weren't good but um so the i never honestly dave got to watch survivor series for like a month and a half until the vhs tape came out for me to rent which is around the time I would have to wait. So right. Yeah. So this is yeah. one time where you and I are even in the viewing department. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was very jealous of my brother, my next oldest brother, because he went to the 1990 Survivor Series because it was oh. right up the street at the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut, a mere 40 minutes from my house. Um, he got to see the gobbledygooker live. He did. That I was the that biggest moment of that show. <laughs> right? I don't remember anything. What else happened? I don't remember anything else on that show, right? Let me think. Uh, Hogan or Tito. I, I, 
Undertaker's debut. Oh, that guy. That's yeah. right. I thought Gobbledygooker was the most important thing. I forgot about uh, what's his face. Uh, Texas Red. Me and Mark Callis debuted. Uh, no, of course, that was you know one of the most iconic moments that still live to this day in the history of the business. Um, yes, he got to see that live, and I was pissed. Then the next year, of course, starting in 91, it went to the night before. And uh, I still didn't watch it. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I still couldn't watch it. I was doing other things and I was in high school and I was in college. So uh, the first Survivor Series that I watched live was 1996 at Ma the one at Madison Square Garden that has arguably one of my favorite matches of all time. And that was the first match between Steve Austin and Bret Hart. I love that match. I almost love that match more than the WrestleMania 13 match because I always thought that that match was just a great wrestling match obviously the match at wrestlemania 13 took on a whole different candor but the match between them at the garden was awesome i did watch live also the night before dave was ecw november to remember so i actually watched pay-per-views back in the you know back when we didn't have the network or anything i actually watched two pay-per-views back-to-back nights so that was fun um and then of course i did watch montreal live which was bizarre um, and then I've watched all the Survivor Series since. But early in my life, uh, Dave, because Survivor Series fell on a holiday, my mom's like, he watch your wrestling. What's the matter with you? Shut up and watch the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> I was I did not. <laughs> my mom was not was, my mom was not allowing me to buy pay-per-view on Thanksgiving night. So uh, this is one case, Dave. And obviously, I'd love to hear your your stories. Um, I probably watched the first. Six or seven Survivor Series. Uh, the same time you probably did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I've shared before, you know, we, we were reliant on, uh, on the VHSs while I've talked about how WrestleMania was often shown on television. Survivor series was never on TV down here. Uh, so we really, we had to wait for the, for the VHS. And, um, I remember, I remember the 80, the 87 and 88 ones, uh, you know, I, I remember them quite clearly. I also remember them being heavily edited, um, mm -hmm. which was very frustrating. Um, this, this two hour, you could see that there were edited elements of the, of the matches and that always frustrated me. So, um, yeah, but it was, it was, you know, one that I, you know, I got to that point where I just wait. I knew it would be coming out. I knew it was due. I'd, I'd, I'd be hitting the video store. Maybe not day after day, but certainly every few days. Is it out yet? Is it out yet? And the minute it was out, I would I would grab it and, and go home and, and watch it. So um, often, uh, you know, having, you know, around that time, I was also getting the WWF magazines and the after mags. And so I'd have a very good idea of what was being built and where things were going uh, for those for those events. So I didn't miss out on, you know, too much, but it was, yeah, it really was just waiting for VHSs to come out, which can be frustrating at times. As I've shared down here in Australia, it, it could take up to three months sometimes for them to be released, and that just, you know, but then everything was three months. So you're still getting the consistent pattern between between uh, events. So it was right. um it was it was good. So always always love getting so the Survivor series normally came out sort of we'd probably get it out uh, around Easter, Easter or um probably you know sometime early um maybe maybe late January early February so it was um you know a good way to sort of 
kick in the new year. Right. Yep. Yep. I definitely remember not getting, uh, not getting tapes until, uh, yeah, until like definitely after Christmas. Um, yeah, WWF took forever back in the day to get. As a matter of fact, if you want an ex- let's get an exact because I'm OCD about this kind of stuff. Uh, let, let me go to because I think the dates are on the history which, of course, is the exceptional site run by my two very good friends, uh, Richard Land and, of course, Graham Cawthon. Uh, I'm going to go to let's see video results. Um, did it come out here? Because I think the date. I think the date would. Let's see. Um, yeah, it doesn't. No, I thought it would have the date, but it didn't. Let's put it this way. Uh, I don't know what the date was, but in their chronological order, the best of the WWF volume 14 came out on December 15th, 1987. And Saturday night's main event, the greatest hits came out on April 13th, 1988. So, yeah, let's assume that the tape came out sometime after New Year's. Hmm. That's what I'm going to assume. Like maybe the second week of January. Um, let me look ahead to 88. Uh, da, da. Um, curious. Let's see. Maybe maybe the Survivor Series 88 tape has a date. Nope. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, wow. Uh, the 88 Survivor Series tape came out on December 14th. So only what? Barely a month, like three weeks later, the tape came out. I guess a year later, Coliseum video was much faster <laughs> <laughs> with the turnaround. Um, so yeah, it was it was it it probably ranged somewhere between like the week after Christmas to probably the third week of January. At some point in that window, uh, the Survivor Series tape would come out. So, but um, yeah, I did not watch any of the Survivor Series live. Um, that took place between 87 and 95. Uh, yeah. he, I, I started watching when they went to Sundays. So, but what does that mean for tonight? Very interesting. Uh, enlighten us, Dave. What are we going to do this evening? Well, when you look at Survivor Series, the, con- the concept of Survivor Series right from the beginning was teams of themes of whether it be four or five striving to survive and and it's the staple of the event throughout the years now obviously um very much sort of 2000 on you don't get um a full event of survivor series survivor matches like you did in 87 and 88 you 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 get normally two um since we've gone co-branded you normally get a survivor match for each brand uh, you normally get two, maybe three survivor matches scattered with it, maybe a title match here or, 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 a, or a, a, a major feud match in the middle. But, you know, it, it's, it's still very commonplace. But there were a couple of years where basically the survivor concept wasn't utilized. And what we're going to do to start with is we're going to look at two years in particular where the WWF moved away from the survivor concept and uh and put on more of a normal card and we're gonna we're gonna look at maybe what those cards could have been if they did do a survivor concept so that's that's going to be the first half of the show and in the second half of the show we're gonna maybe take it back a little bit earlier and and consider what if 
put it to WWF Survivor Series earlier than 1987? What if if it was like the first ever pay-per-view event that they that they created we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that soon but uh we're, we're gonna have a bit of a we're gonna have a bit of a fun we're gonna do a little bit of rebooking to start with today so we're gonna we're gonna jump through the hole and we're gonna go the very first time that the wwf moved away from the matches of survival was 1992 and uh you know a, a great year there's some good there's some it was a, it was a you know it was the year of rick flair it was Correct. the year of um of the rise of of the hitman it was the year of um the arrival of razor ramon and um it was the year that they didn't run the traditional survivor series match for the first time now I got to ask you, Scott. When when that happened at the time, and, and as I said, we live in a and now the era is it's more accept. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, we have a couple of survivor matches. We get a couple of other matches, and 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 that feels right. But at the time in 1992, did it feel strange? Was it weird to you that they didn't that they moved away from what had been that format? Um. The re here's the thing I felt like, and that's why trying, I was very hard for me to try to put together. So I'm curious, I, I have some matches that are kind of mangled a bit. So I'm looking forward to what you have. 1992 at the back end, the, the roster. And I remember JR and I talking about this on, on the place B podcast when we did the 85 to 92 travel uh, journey, we were doing 1992. We were coming to the end. Um, the roster was not that deep. Mm. Uh, a lot of guys were leaving a lot of guys, you know, either a Vince just didn't want anymore. You know, they had outlived his, their usefulness to him. So they moved on probably to WCW or whatever the Indies or they retired or whatever. So it was very transitional in, in 1992. Uh, so I feel like the reason they did. I mean, they do have one. They do have the one tag uh, mm. match, but I just don't think the roster was very deep. Remember, you had three. You had pretty much three debuts, big debuts on this show. Um, uh, actually, now that I think about it, you have one big debut in this match, in, on this mm. show, and that was, of course, the debut of um, of Yokozuna. Uh, Tatanka was being was, was becoming a big player. Uh, you had uh, Owen Hart's kind of, you know, moving forward. Uh, and then you had the big feud with Flair and Razor and Savage. And so there were a lot of, I think the way the, the creative was, Dave, those last like four months of 1992, I don't think the roster was deep enough to have survivor matches. Hmm. That's kind of why I don't think they did it. I think they did the tag one with the disasters and Money, Inc. But. I think there were too many individual feuds going on that needed to be blown off or moved on or whatever uh, at this show that I just don't think the roster was deep enough to put survivor matches on in 1992. You know, the other years, the roster was very deep and you could do the tag and you could do a couple of mid card ones. And then the main event one, I don't think you had that many guys viable enough 
to sell tickets or sell pay-per-view buys. I think Vince realized, listen, the year before I had a bunch of survivor matches, but I also had Hogan Taker for the world title, which drew a lot. But now, of course, the back end of 1992, things are different. You know, the roids are going on and, you know, Hogan's gone. And I don't know if I have enough got the roster to do that. So I'm going to try another title main event. And I think I've always said that Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels put on a banger in this main mm-hmm. event. Uh, I think it's one of the more unheralded uh, title matches. So was I surprised a little bit? But at the same time, in retrospect, I feel like the roster, and again, JR and I were, when we did this on the Place Be podcast, we were talking about both 1991 and 1992. We felt like the roster just wasn't deep enough to have four survivor matches and 20 guys. You know, I mean, yeah, there's guys here, but did any of them come? Could you put any of them together to make a team? I don't think you could. I mean, if you try to do survivor matches, I think you'd have two matches. <laughs> I think that'd be it. So that's what I think the problem was. I just don't think the roster was big enough. Yeah. I, I think in retrospect, I'd have to agree with you. I remember at the time I was I was very surprised and I was like, well, this isn't what the Survivor Series is about. And the, the card became very reliant on the storylines going into it and, and Brett and Sean carrying the in-ring actions. So... Uh, what they produced ended up being, I actually quite enjoyed it. I think it's quite an enjoyable card to go back. It's a very easy watch. It's not a, it's not a difficult event to watch. It might not be the greatest, right. might not be the greatest in ring, you know, from, from beginning of the card to end of the card, it might not be the greatest event in history, but it's a very easy watch. And um, I, I quite, I don't mind going back every now and then and, and, and throwing it on and, and just you know, having it on in the background and enjoying uh, some of the key storyline elements to it. But at the time, uh, it, I, I was I was very much this isn't what the Survivor Series is about. And I was very grateful that the following year they got back to the format. Um, so you've got this one anomaly year in the middle. But I agree with you. I think a lot of it had to do with with the uh, with the change in the roster. You had. And I think part of it was you had so many sudden departures. You know, you had, you know, LOD suddenly disappeared. You had Berserker suddenly gone, uh, Bulldog suddenly gone, you know. Um, you know. The issues with the Warriors. So all of these guys just suddenly, you know, for various reasons, the the, the steroid issues, uh, Hawk mm-hmm. just, uh, Hawk just have, having had enough, uh, you know, probably didn't want to get drug tested anymore. And yeah, I think it, it created a very uh, sudden drop in, in depth numbers that, like you said, impacted the roster quite significantly, but yeah, well, we're going to give yeah. it a go. Now I, 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 I gather you, you've headed down the, the teams of five. I must admit I, I scaled it back. I couldn't get teams of five, but I did manage to get teams of four. Okay. So um would be interesting to just compare what we've come up with here and 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 see what could have been some options available to to Vince in 1992. And that's really what this is what we're looking at today. We're just having a bit of fun what what could have been if if they went down that path. So hmm. um so so let's 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 jump through. Let's let's go through the whole and uh because I think some of our conversations will pick up as we talk about some of the 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 matchups. And 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. You said it. The the Brett Sean title match was was a big deal and really carried <clears throat> carried the card and is an unheralded match. And I agree with that. And it's one thing that I felt needed to stay on the card. I liked that in '91 they did that Hogan uh, Taker match, and it became this became the element moving forward. The world title more often than not was still being defended. Um, didn't happen in 93, but you know, we sort of got it in other years. And so um, I've kept the Brett Sean title match on the card and uh, okay. for everyone to enjoy. I didn't. Uh, I kicked it old school and, uh, and did strictly Survivor. I, I, I feel bad. I only got three matches. Uh, so this is going to be a, maybe a, uh, a um, shall we say, a... Uh, a discount pay-per-view for 1992. Because <laughs> um, uh, I, I wanted to try my best to not add any singles matches. But I don't fault you for keeping Sean Brett because, I just, as I just said, uh, that match is a banger. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, matches by either guy. I don't know if I had it on my top 100. I'll look at that later. But All right. So I kept the tag as is. Uh, disasters okay. and nasties against Money, Inc. and Beverly Brothers. Why, why change that? They already, it's already ready-made. Um, I have a mid card one. So here's my, here's the team. Uh, the baby faces are Virgil, Tatanka. I kind of mishmash the singles matches together, but tell me if this makes sense to you. I did Virgil, Tatanka, big boss man, and high energy. So five against the head shrinkers. Nails. Their captain, Rick Martell. And I put Yokozuna. Um, on the heel team. And I kind of treat Yokozuna. Like you did with Taker two years earlier. Hmm. He squashes Coco. He squashes Owen. And. Maybe he goes out. What happens is he goes outside and does something to somebody in the outside, maybe Tatanka or something, and gets like counted out or DQ'd. Yep. Um, and it comes down to Bossman and Nails brawl outside, and they both get eliminated. You let this match go for a while because you got a lot of good guys here, and I think you're. It comes down to Virgil. Tatanka and Martel. And I think the head shrinkers get eliminated at some point. And I think it's Tatanka, Virgil, and Martel. You make this the opener. And yep. I think uh, Tatanka pins Martel, and your survivors are Tatanka and Virgil. Because it sounds like, obviously, as we moved ahead into 1993, that the company had things for Tatanka. Obviously, by WrestleMania 9, he's getting an IC title shot. So I think you need Tatanka to look strong here going into 1993. So that's hmm. that's what I have. So I have Tatanka and Virgil. Eh, you can throw Virgil a bone. Kind of like uh, 1990 when they threw Tito a bone. Throw Virgil a yeah. bone, let him be a survivor. Whatever. Maybe have maybe have Yoko. Maybe if you have Yoko, you have Yoko come back and, and squash Virgil post-match to really put him over and generate some hmm. serious heel heat. And then... Him and maybe him and Tatanka go face to face, but like, you know, Fuji calls him off and 
you know, walks him out or whatever. Mm. So that's my mid card match. My main event match. My main event match. Oh, well, what are your thoughts on that? I want your thoughts on that first. Then I'll do my main event match. Um, yeah, look, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give up. I'll give one of my my matches up because I, I essentially okay. have a very similar match because my one of my mid card matches, I've got the team of the big boss man, Virgil and High Energy against Nails, the Head Shrinkers and Yokozuna. So I've gone a very similar, oh, okay. a very similar route to you. I, I think, yeah, what you've done. I actually can see it working with with having Tatanka in the match with those guys, um, and knowing where they're taking his his push and his direction. I, I see the need for him to come out victorious, which means you need to get Yokozuna out. Probably, like you said, a count out or something similar to what happened with Taker in in ninety one, uh, in ninety. I, I by by removing by not ha- by having a team of four and not having Tatanka and Martel in my version, I see it more as um, sort of match where perhaps Bossman and and High Energy and Virgil they get a very early lead. Bossman gets rid of Nails and gets rid of him quite early just to polish that off. End that feud. They get that clean and done. Um, maybe maybe the the Head Shrinkers knock Virgil or Coco out. And then the boss man and Owen and, and Virgil, they maybe we'll get Coco out and then they get rid of, we get rid of both head shrinkers. So it's Yokozuna against three. And then Yokozuna just comes and he hasn't been in the ring yet. And he comes in the ring and he just, he just plows the field, takes all three of them out in brutal fashion, just one after the other uh, to emerge as the sole survivor of that. Oh, so, so in his, so in 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 our in our universe here, Dave, in his rookie match, you put him over as the survivor. I am very impressed with that. Wow, very impressed. You're taking a risk. I like that. <laughs> but I Is get that... that because 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 I don't have Tatanka in my version. I've got that luxury of being able to sacrifice a couple of guys. Where I, I, I with what you've got, I think you know with that with that five and having Tatanka and Martel in there you would need to get Yokozuna out another way. And I like that. And I like that finish. I, I were having Tatanka as one of the survivors, I think would be vital. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I like your match. I love, uh, I love, uh, um, I love, uh, uh, my TV went on by accident. Sorry. Uh, I love that you have Tatanka's, uh, Yokozuna is the sole survivor. I think that's great. I was, I'm very, very impressed with that. Um, yeah, I feel like my focus Kind of like I kind of treated Yoko like we did with Taker uh, two years earlier. I think I don't want to put him over quite yet. I want to let him do some stuff on TV getting into 93. And then I still have winning the Rumble uh, in this universe. So I'm not in a rush to put Yoko over that strong. You doing it, however, is completely acceptable for me. I'm I'm pumped. I like I like you taking that risk. That's that's really cool. But. Since I have a main event situation later in the show anyway, Tatanka is a guy that I think they want to put over strong, um, uh, put over strong, uh, um, getting into 93 if you're going to make him one of your big uh, uh, mid-card guys. So, Um, okay, Uh, here's my main event match. Now, you have captained by 
the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Uh, you have, okay, Savage. Now, in this world, we still have the Ultimate Warrior. So I'm putting him in the match and not Mr. Perfect. So Savage, Warrior, Brett, Taker, and Crush. I mean, not Crush, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Crush. Hmm. Um, I forgot Crush was a baby face. I was looking a year ahead, my bad. And the heel team will be uh, Flair, Perfect still a heel. So I have Perfect on the heel side. Razor, Ramon, Sean, and uh, and I throw Repo Man in there as an extra. I don't have Kamala. So the interesting thing here is a stipulation is added to the match. I you know me with my steps. <laughs> if anybody pins Bret Hart, that guy gets a title shot at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> you, you you love you love putting you love putting the champion in the in jeopardy, don't you? I do, I do. I'm, I'm such a I'm such a heel booker, aren't I? I'm so great. Um, so if if Bret Hart gets pinned, he doesn't lose his title, but he finds out who his opponent will be in January at Arco Arena in Sacramento for the Royal Rumble. Um, I think. You have a great, I mean, I think you load this match up. I think you load this match up. And because Brett gets attacked by Shawn Michaels, because Brett pins him, Shawn hits him with a chair after the match. And while there's brawling going on, Razor Ramon gets the pin and eliminates Bret Hart. Uh, so we do get Brett and Razor at at the 93 Rumble, uh, but we do it that way instead of Brett, instead of Razor just getting the match randomly. Savage chases Flair out of the ring because, you know, we got to protect them. Yep. And uh, the Undertaker. I'm looking at this now. This is interesting because I still have Warrior. Hmm. I think Perfect gets pissed off that everybody left him. And it's Perfect, Savage. Perfect is alone against Savage, Undertaker, and Warrior. And in the end, uh, he eats all their finishers. And Savage pins him with the elbow drop. And you end the match, you end the show with Savage, Yoko, and Taker. Um, as the baby faces. Now, I know that sounds shitty for Brett. But I feel like we need some type of heel turn. And... Uh, and I think that's where Savage, I think that's where Perfect would end up turning babyface to kind of help out the, the, the mood of the, of the room at the end of the match. 
Um, I think, and I hate to do that to, to Brett, but I think you need to set up because Brett's going to win the Rumble match anyway. I think Sean, uh, perhaps, I just I just added this. Perhaps instead of Marty Jannetty, because I mean I always felt that that feud was shit. <laughs> Even though I mean I, I know he threw through <laughs> the plate glass window, but they waited so long for that feud. I feel like it had no juice left by the end of the year. How about Brett costs Sean the IC title at the Royal Rumble? And Tatanka becomes Intercontinental Champion. So Brett gets his, Brett will give, Sean gets his comeuppance on Brett. Uh, Sean gets his comeuppance thanks to Brett for Brett losing the match at Survivor Series. So I know it got very convoluted, but I'm trying to kind of juice up the fact that this roster, uh, Dave, is so top heavy. That it's very difficult to try to not make anybody feel like a a mid Carter, hmm. but unfortunately, our world champion still kind of has that mid Cardish feeling, and he and and Brett still hasn't quite elevated yet because you yeah. have guys like <coughs> oh, excuse me oh I'm allergic to baby faces winning um, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me um I think that I think that. That it helps uh, kind of re-elevate Brett back and and fight him and get him fighting into 93. I think you elevate Tatanka immediately. And Savage, who obviously is kind of on the back end of his WWF run, not obviously real dealing with what happens in, when he makes WCW. So I'll be honest, Dave, it was not easy. Um, it was not easy to put uh, uh, Survivor Series matches together for this uh, year because the roster was very thin. Hmm. So that's my, that's my main event match. I'm sure everybody hates it, but I was trying to let kind of the legends guys like Savage and even warrior kind of get a little shine, um, in the main event hmm. and Brett get Brett will get his come up and Brett will get his come up on Sean, uh, at the Royal rumble when he helped, when he helps Tatanka win the intercontinental title. So that's what I got. I know it's very yeah. convoluted. But again, I tried to make I tried to make all the mid the main event guys look as good as possible. <laughs> and, and and I think I think with who you've got in that match, it really does it, it makes it it makes that sort of situation of well, well, how do you, there are guys that are going to be protected by by Vince, you know, a, a savage, a warrior, a taker. They're going to be protected, and right. you, you, know, I, you can't you just can't afford to have everyone. Every, you, know, you you can't afford to have five guys all survive the match when you when the opposition are um, who they are yeah you know, your flares and your raises and your perfects so someone's going to have to be sacrificed at somewhere and that that's probably why I I pulled Brett out of my main event I originally had Brett in in a main event like in a, in a team of five situation and and as I was struggling to get teams together I pulled him and Sean out and put them back into that title match because. I wanted to protect Brett from that situation, um, uh, uh, but but I think what you sh- what you've said would would work because even without the title shot on the line, the fact that someone pins Brett in the match opens the door for I beat you, I pinned you, I should have the title shot. So right. even without having the stipulation, you could you could utilize Brett losing in the match to yeah. to push for. A time match, very, very much what they did in Canadian Stampede when Owen pinned 
pinned Austin. Austin wanted to get his revenge on Owen. The, 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 the mood shifted because Owen played up how he pinned Austin and how he beat Austin in that match. And that took Austin's attention off Bret Hart and put it on to Owen. And um, you could see that happening here. Bret going, well, I'm not going to live with this. You you pinned me. Yeah, but, you know, title wasn't on the line. Let's go for it. You're on. So, yeah. So okay. I think I think it will work, and that, that's the five the five man scenario. I've I've gone down as I said I've gone down the different path. I've used teams of four, so I've got another two mid card matches before my main event. Oh wow! My, oh, I can't wait. My to, main event. I can't wait well, to hear it is. okay, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give you the dregs match first. So <laughs> I, went, I I went through the roster. No, no, I'll give you the I'll give you the the. I'll give you the more, more important match, and then I'll then I'll tell you where I've what I've come up with. Um, so as I said, I've got teams of four. So I'm going to leave my main event match for for last, uh, and and we'll see. Right, but I've I've pulled together. I haven't used the um the tag match that existed. I've split that up, and I've 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 reallocated the the combatants. And so the other the other significant mid card match I have is team Captain by Undertaker, and his partners are Tatanka. And the natural disasters against the team captained by Rick Martel and his teammates are Kamala and the Beverly Brothers. So this this match is going to be it's going to be a, a slaughter. Um, it, it Taker is going to put Kamala out of commission. Um, I think the, the disasters and the Beverly's um, maybe the Beverly's double team Typhoon and and get a and get a bit of a um you know get sort of a, a bit of a pin on him um perhaps uh martel uh uses um something foreign uh, salt you know, maybe some powder in the eyes of earthquake or maybe behind the referee's back nails earthquake with a chair to uh to allow earthquake to be eliminated from the match but the end of the match is going to be the undertaker and tatanka Standing tall, Tatanka is going to get the pin on Martel. The Beverly's can be eliminated. How anyone can take them out, but we right. end up with the Undertaker and Tatanka standing tall as as the survivors of that match. Again, that 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 concept. Tatanka is on the upward trajectory, and and an Undertaker is Undertaker. He's 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 vanquished Kamala, beaten him, and and everyone's cheering cheering for these two guys. Uh, that's huge, Dave. You're getting, you're giving Tatanka a big rub by having him stand tall with the dead man. Uh, so I like the fact that you and I are giving the, the, the Tatanka some love tonight because, um, that's big, that's big that you have him standing tall next to the dead man. I'm very impressed. Very impressed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we, we've both agreed that. You know where his career was in the WWF at that point. Right. You know, he he would be. They would find a way to have him standing tall, and that that would that was very important to his trajectory. All right, these guys are on the roster, and I managed to pull another four man, two four man teams together. But this is the dregs of society, if 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 there was ever any. Uh, this this team is captained by Crush, and his oh teammates his teammates are the returning Marty Jannetty, the recently returned Bob Backlund, 
and the man in the suit, Max Moon. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and, wow. And their opponents, uh, captained by Bam Bam Bigelow, you have Papa Shungo, the Repo Man, and Damien Demento. Uh, they were all on the roster. I, I double-checked it. They were appearing on TV before Survivor Series occurred. So this is not a, this is not a you know, bringing guys in early. But my goodness, I mean, you talk about a, a hodgepodge of absolute garbage. I mean, Papa Shungo, Repo Man, and Damien Demento is just, that's, that's the epitome of bad. I think the way this match would probably go down you find ways to get Papa Shungo out and Repo and Demento and Maximum. They, they're all they're all completely expendable. Even Bob Backlund, he can he can probably get a couple of pins, but he's going to go. I think where you're going to end up going with this match is probably uh, I, I think it, it, it's sort of a uh, uh, I, I, I I sort of struggle with this, but because I've got Brett and Sean as a title match and where I want to go in the main event, I think the winner of this match needs to be Bam Bam Bigelow. And and maybe maybe this event sees the initial arrival of Doink distracting Crush while he's out of the ring, maybe confusing Crush, and Crush gets himself counted out. And Bigelow scores a pin over Janetti to, to, uh, to become the sole survivor of the match. Well, um, I will say uh, you made my PIC Mr. Rosero's day because that's that's a that's a him match if there ever was one. I think you have like every one of his favorite guys of 1992 in that match. <laughs> uh, is it your main event? Does it end the show? No. <laughs> It'd be a Coliseum video a toilet break toilet break match. Yeah, exactly. It's like the it's like the it's the. Um, it's what you would call the uh, original Coliseum video exclusive. <laughs> um, I, I listen, Dave. Uh, you got to start somewhere. Uh, this is a good. Uh, this is a uh, you know a solid uh, curtain jerker. This is how you get the crowd pumped up. Um, I guess you could open with either this one or your tag. Um, yeah, I. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. You need a you need a fun you need a fun match and you want to you want to get those guys and I like the idea of making Bigelow the survivor because he's going to end up having a fairly solid like a fairly solid um 1993 mm. uh you know he's going to f- kind of feud with Brett uh you know the two of them have the amazing uh one of my favorite matches at the 93 king of the ring. So having, uh, having him in the match and having him survive, I don't think it's dumb at all. So in that aspect, uh, I think you were right there. Um, I'm so glad that you really needed to give Damien Demento a paper, <laughs> but that was very impressive. But, um, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> you're, you're good, Dave. Uh, that's why I like having you around. <laughs> we can get over guys like Damian Demento. Um, no, I, listen, you, you, I applaud you because I just didn't, I couldn't do it. I just, I trying to scrape was like, oh God, I don't know if I could do this, but you, you, um, you did a pretty good one there. I, I like that match. I like, 
I like all the low mid card curtain jerker guys in it. I had no problem with it at all. And I love the fact that um, I love the fact that you had uh, Bigelow as the survivor. Cause I think that's big in all seriousness. That's big for him because yeah. he does end up having a pretty solid uh, 19, uh, 1993 uh, leading up to, you know, facing, um, facing uh, uh, Brett later on in the year. And I mean, it's just, it's a big deal. So I, I, I'm impressed that don't, I know that's kind of like the, uh, oh man, I got to go eat some more Turkey match, but uh, I, I got to say you've, you found a way. So I can't argue with you on that. You found a way. <laughs> uh, so, all right. All right. Main, main, main event, main event yes. time. Um, and if you've, if you, you know, the roster, you know, what's coming, but um. The, the the two teams. So so team number one uh, is captained by the Nature Boy Ric Flair, and his teammates are Razor Ramon and the WWF Tag Team Champions Money Incorporated, and their opponents, uh, the team captained by the Macho Man Randy Savage, the recently turned babyface Nasty Boys are on that team, and and just as just as happened in real life, the original partner would have been the Ultimate Warrior, uh, and I think you could run the entire rematch uh the week before the the whole um primetime wrestling storyline of of warrior gone and perfect stepping in to take over as as savage's partner and so perfect steps in you i think you can play a lot of what actually happened in real life into this match because you create a scenario with savage perfect and the nasty boys you create a scenario of can savage trust any of his teammates because a couple of months earlier, he and Warrior were wrestling the Nasty Boys. Um, uh, can he trust Perfect? Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, you've got th- that inbuilt storyline of taking over from Warrior. So I, 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 I thought that's a good way to get that that together. And and I probably see this, you know, the Nasties and Money Inc. basically take each other out. Maybe maybe one of the Nasty Boys gets a pin on IRS. Uh, maybe Money Inc. You know, DBRC takes out, you know, both nasty boys, perfect or savage, easily disposes of of um DBRC. And then and then really you come down to that that four that that basic tag of Savage Perfect Flare Ramon. And you can literally run it from there into the ending of um what actually happened. Uh the mm-hmm. the the actual some Survivor Series 92. Perfect, you know, nearly leaves. He he's getting annoyed as Savage is getting beaten down. Flaremont continue to beat them down. Perfect returns. All hell breaks loose. Um, crowd go nuts. Flaremont both get disqualified, and Savage and Perfect emerge as the as the as the winners, just as they did in um in the in the real event in in the real world. Mm. Um, yeah, I I like that. I like that main event. Uh, you, you, it hits the beats. You're all set with how you want everything laid out. Uh, savage and perfect stand tall. I feel like, uh, we really wanted to give savage that stage because again, it even, it felt like because he started doing, uh, you know, he started doing more commentating. Uh, I mean, he started really doing commentating in 91 and, and after he lost the title, he started kind of going back a little bit. And of course, he would join Raw pretty soon. I mean, pretty much immediately, right when Raw starts yeah. in, in nineteen eighty-three. Right, right away. Yeah. So, right away. So he, 
I feel like we both wanted to give uh, we wanted to give Savage that farewell in case we don't know what happens throughout 93. Or does he get another match down the line? Will he, will he, uh, uh, you know, wrestle at WrestleMania 10 two years later? Like, we don't even know. So, at least here, he still gets that, that shot. Mm. So, but I like that. I like the pace of that match. I like that, Dave. That's, that's, I tell you, that is a great pay-per-view. Even that uh, ridiculously awesome uh opener <laughs> uh which again i could tell right now if he's listening i know he's listening my pic uh mr azero is smiling uh brightly because that is a him match during his fandom at that time in late 1992 so um you got all his guys so uh all right so there we go we kind of rebooked 92 uh the best we could if that was the case but i i think we both i think we're both hitting the nail on the head that uh the roster in 92 just was not strong enough to be, um, to have, you know, that many, uh, survivor matches. I think that was ultimately the problem. So, all right. Speaking of a problem, um, this is the first time in through the looking glass history that Dave and I are going to do one together, uh, because, uh, this one was going to be really hard to do uh, together uh, individually because it was such a strange year that I, I kind of, I feel like we kind of needed to do this one together because trying to do two separate ones was just going to be absolute misery. So <laughs> why don't you uh, tee us up on what our next one is? So um, as I said, we're looking at years that where maybe there weren't any survivor matches at all. And, and a, a big standout is 1998 when we had our world championship tournament after Austin had been stripped of the tie. So after Austin had been pinned by Taker and Kane, and we went into the whole storyline there for those of you who, for those of you who've lived under a rock and don't know under a rock under have lived in hiding and don't know anything about Austin's run in 98. We're not going to take the time to, to do it now, but go and watch 98 roars and, and catch up because yes. you know, the Austin McMahon storyline is the greatest storyline in the history of professional wrestling pretty much, but, but it, 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 it resulted in the world title tournament at Survivor Series 98. So we didn't get a single Survivor match. So the question is asked, and we're asking the question, well, what if we did have a bunch of Survivor matches in 1998? What might it have looked like? And this is where it does become really hard because 98 is such a fluid year. It's a year where, as McMahon liked to say, we, they moved away from good and bad, and we had the shades of gray. And when you look through the results of that year and look through what was going on, on on any given week, you'd have guys just facing – it didn't matter whether they were being cheered, booed. They were just guys against whoever. And it becomes very hard to really work out where the lines are drawn. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of part of the issue. So – we're going to have a little bit of a go here. We're going to see what might, what could have happened in 98 if, um, if we had some survivor teams. Uh, it, it was, it was certainly a struggle. It's a big roster, but mm-hmm. working out matchups is, is, has been the, the biggest, uh, the biggest difficulty. 
So we're going to go through this. We, we, we've got together a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a lineup and, um, and we're going to, we're going to shoot from the hip as, as they like to say, and we're going to see what might, might've been our outcomes and our results uh, on this event. Okay. So, okay. So we're going to, we're going to kick it off. We're, we're going to kick off our event with, um, we're going to see at this point in time, we want to get the fans going quite early. Uh, we want to get them up and up and out of their seats. And so our opening match today is going to see the WWF Tag Team Champions, the New Age Outlaws, joined by the team of Road Warrior Animal and Road Warrior Droz. Uh, really? Against, <laughs> against the Headbangers. And their teammates, Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. Um, now, at the time, if you look at the time, the Outlaws as, as champions, the Headbangers were contenders. Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown had started tagging up pretty regularly as the nation had, had come to, to its conclusion. And they were getting title shots as well. And, um, and, and when you're looking for someone who can team with the Outlaws, the WWE have been putting a lot of emphasis on the storyline of Animal Draws and Hawk and that that whole very bad, when you look back on it now, very bad storyline. It was bad at the time, uh, the whole Hawk thing. But they, they were pushing the concept of Draws teaming with Animal and, and being moved along as this new LOD. And I thought, well, this would be an opportunity for, for them to get a little bit, for, for them to continue to to give Droz the opportunity to be to be showcased and highlighted. So there's our opening match, uh, Scott. How do you see things perhaps working out here? Um, I I feel like obviously we're we're continuing the extension of the uh, DX Nation um, feud, even though the Nation, for lack of a better term at this point, is pretty much broken up. Um, uh, DX is still obviously running strong. Um, so I like where that's going. Uh, the, the headbangers and the, the LOD, um, it breaks my heart, the, what happened to the road warriors and, and, and the whole Hawk jumping or getting pushed off the whole, all that shit. I, I hated that so much. So it sucked. Um, so it's very hard for me to kind of wrap my head around the road warriors in the back end of, of 98. Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot of brawling. I think the headbangers will probably eat some pins. Um, I'm going to split the difference, and I think Animal and, say, Road Dog are the survivors. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be a weird combo because Road Dog is a guy who can um, – Road Dog is a guy that, you know, would look good as the last survivor. He could do, like, you know, dance in the ring and do cool stuff. And uh, Animal is the is the legacy guy in that team. So Dross is going to have to eat it uh, to pay his dues. So. That's my take. I think eventually your survivors would be Animal and Draws. Uh, Animal and uh, Road Dog. Okay. Those are my survivors. That, 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 that's, it. that's interesting. 
I think that uh, I think that by this point the the aura of hawk and animal had had definitely w- w- was no longer there. Um, they were they they'd suffered losses on like they'd suffered so many defeats on television and on pay per view by this point that you know it the 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 unbeatable nature to them was gone, and 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 with draws in there, I actually think you probably see. I wouldn't be surprised if Animal was was eliminated by someone like Mark Henry, the big power slam or the big, you know, because Mark Henry's a guy on the rise, but his strength and power is something that could justify the elimination of 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 Animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's the case. I think you you you're going to see. You know, maybe maybe draws get a victory, get a pin over one of the headbangers just to sort of help continue to elevate him a little bit. But he's going to be, he's probably going to get eliminated. Oh, dare I say it? Maybe by D'Lo. Uh, dare dare I say draws gets eliminated by D'Lo for shadowing. Oh God! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> um, oh boy! <laughs> I. I I think that um I th- I think that it, it, I I'd probably go a different route to you I I think that I I potentially see um the outlaws uh getting down to maybe uh you know maybe we find ourselves in a situation where uh it's it's you know maybe one of the headbangers and, and Mark Henry uh, against the outlaws uh, Road Dog maybe that the outlaws eliminate Henry. And then, um, you know, one of you know, Road Dog gets himself, or or perhaps, you know, maybe take it back a step. Maybe one of the headbangers brings in the boombox, and Road Dog grabs it off, um, off of him and smashes Mark Henry over the head with it right in front of the referee. Referee disqualifies Road Dog. That allows Billy to get the easy pin on Henry, and then Billy gets the the victory. Um, with the famous sir over um over the other headbanger, I, I'll probably see it being being Billy Gunn that stands tall at the end rather than Road Dog, but Road Dog still being at ringside because he's 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 taken the disqualification out to to set up the victory. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I like that. You're you're putting over the. I think the the right guys are going over there. I think you and I kind of have a similar idea there, but the ta- I mean, let's be honest, the tag division at the back end of 98 is, uh, is, is not great. <laughs> so I think we, we did our best to, to put, to put, uh, to put that over. So, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like All that. All right. Okay, so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna move into our our second match and our second match of the card. Well, this is this is a, a an absolute uh, cluster. Uh, I don't know if that's a term in the US. It's cluster clusterfuck, but I mean yes, that's, it is. that's what this is. That's what yes, this is. is. Uh, we we have the team of um of the oddities, Kurgan, Gold, and Giant Silver, and their teammate Tiger Ali Singh against Skull and eight ball of the disciples of apocalypse and the very unlikely teammates for them, Brian Christopher and Scott too hot Taylor too much. Um, yeah, as I said, you've got all sorts of chaos in 98 people being mashed together left and right. 
trying to, you know, with, with where the, the card eventually goes and, and other matches that, that have been put together here, this this was sort of trying to get certain guys on the card um, and finding people who could just make up numbers is is sort of how this one ends up. Uh, but the oddities that had there, they, they'd had that shine at SummerSlam with that um, with that match against um, against Kyantite SummerSlam. The oddities were they got great reactions. They were a fun element that was still around in in that late '98 time period. Hmm. Um. Oh. Hmm. I think this is the sort of event where the oddities are probably going to Tiger Ali Singh probably gets eliminated very quickly. Yeah. And then I, and then I think the oddities just run the gambit. They, I think, I think each of them gets a moment to, 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 to stand out and, and get a pin each. And, and, and in some way you're probably left with all three oddities standing tall at the end. Yeah. I think it kind of got to because I could see like, because this is the comedy match. So it's obviously like Kurgan and Golga, they mess around with, 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 uh, Scotty Tuhati and, and, uh, Brian Christopher. Cause they're both dopes. Um, you know, you need a comedy match. Uh, maybe you put one of the other matches in between. Um, and, um, and I think the oddities are kind of over as like goobers. Um, the baby faces like them. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could see Tiger Riley seen getting eliminated and then the oddities eliminating all four of them. Yeah. And then you have Kurgan, Golga and giant Silva as your, uh, as your, uh, your survivors simply for that dancing in simply the ring. F- yeah, exactly. And Dan and, and out come, you know, out comes, uh, uh, you know, the ICP. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think that'll be fun. It'll be a fun mess. Um, <laughs> for the crowd. Uh, yeah. I tell you, what was it like, Dave, actually having the, this match kind of spin in your head? <laughs> I, it was just, like I said, it, it was like, well, you, you probably want the oddities on the card, but w- what do you do with them? Who who do they go up against? Who who do you sacrifice? So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those strange, strange elements. And, and part of this is the result of when you're putting together a, a bunch of other guys in other matches, you end up with the leftovers. This really feels like the leftovers. Yep. It absolutely is the leftovers because the the other mid card match, um, not the gang one, but the other mid card match we have has guys of consequence. So yeah. this is totally like the this is literally the bottom end of the roster list. Is <laughs> this match? I mean, seriously, the bottom well, end of the roster. Yeah. Well, one step up oh. from the bottom end of the roster would be our next match, and and that is the team of uh, Gangrel, Edge, and Christian who are now together as the um, as the brood. And they're going to be joined by Too Cold Scorpio, just because I couldn't find anyone else to team with them. <laughs> and um, 
and their opponents. Well, how's this for a, a bit of a, a, a mismatch of, of anything? You've got the recently formed Acolytes, mm-hmm. Bradshaw and uh, Farouk, and their teammates are going to be the two members of Kaintai, Taka Michinoku and Shofunaki. Now, I chose them because Taka and Christian were in the middle of the whole um, light heavyweight title battle. And um, it sort of connected them together. And I sort of felt that the acolytes and the dark nature of what they're supposed to be would be a good counter for the concept of the brood. So that that's how this team came together. Yeah, I like that. I, hmm. Now I think this is, I think this is this is the sort of thing where um, probably see Kai and Tai go out early. Uh, probably Christian and Taka have a bit of a battle in the ring. Funaki gets in at some point. Maybe Scorpio pins Funaki. Maybe Taka gets um, Scorpio out of the ring, and then maybe Christian defeats Taka. So you end up with the Brood against the Acolytes. But in this case, I think we've got the new team of the Acolytes. I think they are going to run absolutely roughshod over the over the three members of the Brood and eliminate them one by one to stand to, to have them stand tall at the end of the match. That's how I would see this going. Okay, I I I, uh, I could I could go with that. I I may I, I also um I could see. I could see the acolytes um, going over. Um, this one you could probably flip a coin on because you put it in the middle. The crowd will be hot. Obviously, Edge and Christian, you know, uh, getting over quickly, even with uh, Gangrel. Um, but I could see the acolytes going over. This is a, this is like a card match. I think you could have. I think you could go either way with this one. Um, isn't it amazing, though? You think this roster so loaded in '98, and then you're looking at these matches like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> such a such a Vince Russo roster, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Um, um, yeah. It, it's it's so. just it, it. That's the thing. It, it was very top heavy. The WWF yep. in '98 is very top heavy. Yep. Um, which will come out in our last couple of matches. Um, yep. Now, before we get to them, um, I think you know the the obvious thing that's going to be there is there there was uh, there was a women's title match on on the Survivor Series, Sable and Jacqueline. I think that match is still there. It runs exactly the same way it did. Sable comes out on top win, and wins the women's title. I think that that's the storyline that they've been building too and and you don't have the women on the roster yet to be able to do a women's match a women's survivor match so mm-hmm. sable sable gets the win over jackie just like she did in real in in our world yeah i i'm fine with that there's we don't have to go much more into that i i agree with you on that sable was crazy over um this was the moment for her uh, there's no need i don't think there's any need to change it all right okay so our 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 I guess our upper mid-card match, our semi-main, we have the team of Jeff Jarrett, the Blue Blazer, which everyone knows under the hood is Owen Hart, Mark Merrow, and the man's man, a real man's man, Stephen Regal, against the team of Steve Blackman, 
Our Snow, Gold Dust, and Val Venus. Hmm. This was really this was really that upper mid card. These were the guys that were holding together that upper mid card before you move into your main event group. So uh, it, it felt fitting. They, they were all sort of battling each other anyway. This was the time that the the whole Blue Blazers Steve Blackman storyline was around. So Jarrett Blazer and Blackman are are all together. Gold Dust often got caught up in 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 those sorts of elements our snow valvenus they're all in that upper level so this made sense to put these guys together yeah yeah uh i think that uh owen is is hilarious but you've got all solid mid-card guys jared is obviously the higher of the mid-card uh at that point um I think this is a good chance for Steve Blackman. Obviously, it took him a while to get going, and he kind of lost his way a little in '99, and you know he started feuding with um, uh, with uh, uh, Shamrock. But uh, this is a chance for Blackman. Goldust is in a weird place. You know, he's back to being regular Goldust after whatever the hell he was earlier in the year. Um, this I is the thing. Think- this was this was the whole shattered dreams gold dust, wasn't it? Where he basically tried to end every match with the shattered dreams. Yes. Yep. Every mm-hmm. match was a nut shot. I I actually somehow maybe disagree, Dave. I think Jarrett should be the survivor. You mm-hmm. know, I think Jarrett could be the should be the survivor here because he's the one that needs to be put over as the as the probably the highest of this group. Maybe even help. Maybe Regal too, if you. If you're going by that, going down that path, but this is a match yeah. definitely where, where the heels get it put over. Yeah, I, I, think, I think. I think. I, yeah, no, I, I'd agree. I think. I think where you might see this going is uh, probably um, someone gets a victory over maybe Mark Merrow early on. Maybe Blackman gets a good win on on Merrow. You could have uh, Goldust get himself disqualified, hitting a, hitting a, a shattered dreams on on maybe the real man's man, Stephen Regal, uh, which creates the situation then for Regal to be eliminated. Um, but I think at some point, Blackman gets eliminated by chasing the Blue Blazer out of the ring. The whole that whole storyline, trying to unmask um, the Blazer and prove it to Owen, and Owen probably does a runner. And Blackman chases him to be to be counted out of the ring, leaving Jarrett to probably get a final pin over someone like uh, either Val Venus or Al Snow. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, I could see that too. I could see that too. Hmm. Um, I feel like the two guys you, that, that that should be highlighted would be not even Owen if he's in the blazer suit, but Jarrett and Goldust. Hmm. That's who I think. I feel like that should be the two guys that that maybe. You want to you want to kind of highlight there, but it's amazing though. Like, you know, the weird thing about the mid card. It's funny we're we're looking at this, Dave, because I feel like the mid card was so level. Like you had your main event guys, and we'll get to them in a second. But then you have like this this group of mid carders that really nobody stood out. Like everybody was even, and that's tough, you know. Uh, but I think. After X-Pac, um, you know, beat Jarrett at SummerSlam and cut his hair, I feel like uh, Jarrett's going to get the push. 
Yeah. But I like the Shattered Dreams Goldust, but that's a unique match. It's very different. A lot of good workers. A lot mm. of good workers. I think the match itself, like the the actual meat and potatoes, is is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's another match where I think you can go either way. Mm. Mm. Oh, all right. Well, let's move on to our main event, and and this is going to be. I, I've added some stipulations to our main event. So, our main event because we don't have a world champion at the moment. Uh, Vince has decreed that our main event match, the the sole survivor of this match, will become the world champion, the WWF champion. Now, if there are multiple people from the same team make it through and survive, they will immediately go into a match for the world title. So, so if if uh, two members of the same team are the last two standing, they then immediately fight each other, which, as we've said in in 1998, everyone wrestled everyone, so you could get away yeah, with that pretty much. sort of stipulation. And it's a very much a Russo-type stipulation where yeah, you change things on the fly and move it around. So our two teams for this World Heavyweight Championship match, Survivor match. On one side, we have the captain, The Undertaker, and his, his teammates, The Big Boss Man, Ken Shamrock and Mankind. How this team will get along is beyond me. And huh. their their opponents are captained by Stone Cold Steve Austin, and his teammates are Kane, X Puck, noting that Triple H was out injured at the time, and The Rock. So this this is this was getting all the big guys in into into the match. You know, you, you, when I looked at the when I looked at the roster, you really had the situation where, you know, Austin's been dealing with Taker, um, Rock's been battling out with Mankind and Shamrock. Bossman represents Vince. Kane and Taker don't get along anymore. So it really just became a mismatch, a, a mashup of which guys are going to probably work together best, but at the same time. Or have the same philosophy. You've mm-hmm. you've got that you've got that idea that Shamrock was on his own. He wasn't with um wasn't with Vince at the time, but we're heading in that direction. But he'd clearly turned heel. Um, Mankind was supposed to be working for Vince. Bossman works for Vince, and Taker. Well, you know, Taker is the the darker side of of that Taker Kane lineup, and that's how our teams are are put together now. I'm going to throw out what how I see the the this match uh, probably panning out. Um, at, at various points, I, I think the boss man goes quickly. Um, maybe the Rock eliminates him very similar to what he did in the tournament. I think Taker and Kane eliminate each other. Uh, maybe Mankind takes X Pac up. But we're going to end up in a situation where you've got Austin and the Rock and Mankind as your last three remaining guys. And Austin is is battling mankind, and I see that the referee gets taken out. And at that point, at this point, Austin's got mankind covered. In comes Shane. As we know, one, two, doesn't count the three. He flips Austin off. Austin gets up absolutely livid. And while this is happening, the rock comes from behind. He levels Austin. Takes him down. Mankind gets the pin to a fast count, at which point 
we're left with Mankind and Rock. Mankind looking a little confused and immediately Vince and you know, sort of Shane and, and, and you know, Rock, Mankind's looking around going, what's just happened? I'm not sure what's going on. And Rock mm-hmm. just turns and drops him with a rock bottom. And we get the one, two, and Mankind lifts his shoulder up, but Shane still counts the three. Um, which allows you to then move into that storyline that came out of, of the, the the real Survivor Series. Rock is crowned world champion. Mankind can stand up and say, I, I, I got my shoulder up. I didn't get beaten. I didn't get pinned. Um, and, you know, Vincent, Vincent, Shane and The Rock, they beat down Mankind. They they celebrate in the ring. Austin comes back out to to lay waste to everyone, but we we have our our build towards um towards coming out of there of the Rock and Mankind gonna gonna go into their series and Austin being built for that Mania match. Well done, Dave. Now, I feel like they could have done. I mean, because that that that's booked exactly like that match could have been if we were doing that Survivor match in 1998. I think that's perfect. Uh, I applaud you for that because, again, you uh, you went down a pretty deep. This is like advanced master's class in <laughs> match booking slop. So uh, not easy to do. Uh, definitely not easy to do with that lack of uh, that lack of uh, depth because we took on two years here, 1992 and 1998, where we had no depth. Uh, 92, we just didn't have the bodies, and 98. We had the bodies, but there was there was other than the main event guys, you know, the Steves, the Rocks, the 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 Mankinds. There really was no um, depth in the mid card. Everybody just seemed kind of the same, you know. Mm. And that's that's tough, you know. That's uh, not easy to do to try to generate matches, but that's a good main event. I like that. That that would sell tickets, Dave. That would sell tickets, I think. And then obviously, you kind of took the tournament and teamed it. And yeah, and that's what that's what it had that's what had to be done. Hmm. Uh, so I like that. That was very good. All right, everybody, you got to cut us some. You got to you got to give uh, Big Dave uh, the 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 props. Somebody send him a a, a lamb for the holidays. <laughs> uh, he he deserves it for for number one putting together that Damien Demento opener, and secondly for somehow putting together a, a legit Survivor Series card for 1998 because that's that's kind of crazy. So there you go. There we go. All right. Well, all right. Let's let's jump down another hole now. And we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to consider the idea that the Survivor Series might have started earlier than 1987. We're going to jump back and look at the fact that instead of getting the wrestling classic in 1985, Vince had the concept of the Survivor Series as early as 1985. And we're going to look at what might teams of five striving to survive in 1985 and 1986 look like. Mm-hmm. And and I think with the, I think this is going to be fun looking at looking at these two these these two years and and seeing how things match up. Um, because they're, they're very very old school. Obviously, that old school time period, the rosters. There's a lot of lot of movement and change but you've got guys that that are really sort of i think come together really well so let's go down 1985 
Vince McMahon has announced that there is a new pay-per-view for the first time ever pay-per-view. He's going to launch a pay-per-view event for the first time under the concept of the wrestling classic. Yet this is the survivor series survivor series, 1985 hosted by Vince McMahon um, with, with gorilla monsoon on commentary. How do you see this card looking? Um, Scott, you, 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 this, this, uh, this sort of came out of your mind, this, 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 the build for this idea. So give me, give me some of your thoughts here. What do you, what do you see as a Survivor Series card in 1985? You, David Hall, are going to love my 85 Survivor Series card. Um, I did what you did. I, well, let's put it this way. The three singles matches, uh, the three matches involving singles wrestlers are four on four. My tag is six on six. Mm. So here we go. I have a women's Survivor Series. Oh. All right. Your heels are Fabulous Moolah, Judy Martin, Leilani Kai, and Donna Christianello, because I think she was always a heel. <laughs> um, your baby faces are Wendy Richter. So in our world, the original screw job didn't happen. Wendy Richter, Velvet McIntyre, Desiree Peterson, and Cindy Lauper. Oh, she get she's like, listen, she's still pissed at Moolah and Lanny Kai, as she said at WrestleMania. Not Leilani Kai, Lanny Kai, like Lanny Poffo, Lanny Kai, and she says, I want to be in the match, and 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 we get promo, we get local promos, we get stuff on the syndicated shows, like, um, you know. Cindy, you sure you want to do this? You're a singer, you know. You got to make money and help and sing and make people happy. And we don't want you coming in here and Moolah's going to drive her thumb into your throat or whatever. And I think we, I think in the end, the baby faces uh, win. I think Moolah uh, bails or she gets pinned by Wendy Richter to stay, to keep Wendy strong. And keep that feud going because I think I think Moolah does beat Wendy still, but Wendy kind of goes with it. And and again, like I said, in our universe, Wendy doesn't get kicked out of the company. Mm. Um, so that's my women's match. You're like, oh my, you're like, oh my god, I think I'd rather watch Damien Demento. <laughs> I, I, hadn't, I hadn't considered the women. Um, I just I didn't I didn't go down that line, but I but I like it. I like the idea. I think. It would be a good payoff to see Cindy in the ring to sort of end that um, that role that she'd played. And uh, you, you can see her wanting to get involved. Probably like Mr. T. Well, Mr. T did it. I can do it too. And Wendy doing everything she can to protect Cindy Lauper and not wanting her to get hurt. And, 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 and yeah, you know, sort of Wendy coming in and maybe doing a couple of slaps, but then having to run and tag out because, you know, She's going to get absolutely pummeled. That I could see it happening. I was just looking. Um, I was just looking online, and and it's interesting to note that the the screw job, or Wendy Richter's screw job, happened on November 25, 1985. So, if a Survivor Series match occurred around Thanksgiving, you probably wouldn't have got the screw job because they probably would have held it off for a few days. Right. Um, if they if, it, if yeah. they ended up doing it, yeah. If they mm. ended up doing it, yep. So, so Wendy Richter would still, yeah, good, good, good role. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of using her because I didn't realize the screw job had happened 
that close to to right. um to to the Thanksgiving time slot. But no, that's that's good. I like that. I I think okay. it's uh, it's a good way to do it, and I think it's it's a good it's a good way to to finish that that storyline that had played up so well, especially if you if you are going to end up going, if Vince does end up going down the line of taking the belt off Wendy Richter and, and she's going to leave the company or whatever, you know, you, you've, you've put a bow on that storyline quite well. Mm. Okay, good. I, I, I glad you like that. I was getting a little nervous that you're like, Oh my God, you stuck these women in this, <laughs> but uh, Oh my God, you're going to, what was next? You're going to find, I was trying to find who the women were in the women's, in the women's one. And what was it? 87, I think, or 88. Yeah. Okay. Next up is my tag. And I've, it's a, it's six on six, three tag teams each side. So on the, on the heel side, you have the dream team, Greg, the hammer, Valentine and Brutus beefcake. Mm-hmm. They're the champions at the moment, the heart foundation and the moon dogs against the British bulldogs, the killer bees and the debuting new U S express of Mike Rotundo and Dan Spivey. Hmm. So that's so it's it's a it's a six on six, three tag teams on each side, and uh, obviously the Bulldogs will be the survivors because you want to push them going into 1986 and heading towards mm-hmm. WrestleMania two when they win the titles. So yeah, uh, I think it's a good balance. I think that at the moment, unfortunately, the only guys I don't have in this card. See, the problem was I wanted to add the foreign legion. Of Iron Sheik and Nikolai, but I couldn't think of another babyface team. Oh, oh, let me let me throw this one out and and see if you've included these guys on 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 somewhere else on your card because okay, how about the team of Uncle Elmer and Cousin Luke? Uh, I hill, did not because yeah, I did not because Justin and I have always decided to never put the hillbillies in anything. <laughs> uh, it's yes, like the same and, thing with Mitch. So. Um, but no, I did not put them in there. So yeah, I could put Uncle Elmer and Cousin Junior and then stick uh, the Foreign Legion on the uh, other side. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. So we do that then. And I would and, and, obviously and get rid of get rid of Elmer and Luke very quickly. Yeah, exactly. You know, Elmer falls over, whatever. But yeah. the end, you you definitely want to put over the Bulldogs because um because uh um they're the they're the the hot baby face team and they're the ones that are gonna that you obviously have booked to look strong at the beginning of the year and of course win the titles at, at WrestleMania too. So uh so there you have that. So thank you for oh, adding the, the hillbillies uh that's Dave. Right. and I and I think it's something you, you were talking about the debuting new US Express. It was around when I when I've looked at the history of WWF, it was around that time in November where Wyndham left the company. So perhaps the original yeah. advertising would have been Wyndham Gonna gonna be on the card, but then on the night we've got well Wyndham has left and and Rotundo has found a new member a new a new member for the US Express and they're going to be even better than the you know the the way you would promote it in the WWF knowing it's not true but you know that that push could come that who's his partner and and then you know he brings out the the new member of the US Express Dan Spivey and 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 you can push that element so. How would you would you be looking at giving Spivey and Rotunda a pretty strong rub if 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 you've got this concept that Spivey's taken over for Wyndham and and you know Rotunda being the former champion? Mm. Yeah, no, like, I like it, that. 
is it just is it just the Bulldogs that survive, or do the New US Express maybe get the opportunity to join them? You could do that, sure, because most of the teams on that, most of the tag teams. I mean, you could eat the Moon Dogs. Uh, the Hart Foundation aren't even established yet, so that's fine. Um, the Dream Team are the tag team champions, so you know you'd have to do something where they. You know, it's still- important that the Bulldogs beat that one of the Bulldogs, that whether it be Dynamite or Davy Boy, one of them is is pinning someone like Beefcake to, for that final one. That 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 win over the the Dream Team has to come from the Bulldogs. Yeah, it has to be. I don't think there's any doubt. It's got to be. Um, so that's my that's my tag. I tried to I, again. I it was for for this moment. It was all about. Um, it was all about making sure the Bulldogs get over, and the Dream Team is the um uh, as the top heels while yeah. we're while they're the champions. So. Um, no, I, I like that match. I, I I agree. I love that that tag team. I always love that tag team concept. I know that um, you know, the number of teams and it, it became awkward. The reason they stopped doing it is because there's just too many men around the ring, so it made it difficult for people sitting at ringside to see the action. And I get why they stopped it, but I always, I mean, one of my favorite all time matches is that '89. Uh, tag team uh, sorry that 88 tag team match with demolition and and the and the double turn with them and the powers of pain and and you know you just got all the great tag teams in there so i've always loved those tag team matches so to be able to put one on in 85 would just it would i think there's a lot of good talent there you'd, you'd see I, I think you'd see some really good work like brett and amber would be able to show potential of where they're going to go and they could have a good series in ring with the Bulldogs and a good series in ring with the Bees. And maybe even Brett gets a, a pin over one of the Bees to to sort of help elevate them before they get eliminated. But I, I think there's a lot of lot of room there. And like you said, you've got guys like the Moondogs who can who who can go. Sheik and Volkoff were were already starting to be on fumes by this point. And they could they could be easily easily accounted for in some way as well. Uh, I agree. I, I I appreciate that. Thank you, Dave. I, I really wanted to really push the tags, um, you know, and 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 it, and push the Bulldogs because they were the they were the sexy team. All right, here's my mid card match. You might laugh at this, but maybe not. On the heel side, Randy Savage, King Kong Bundy, Adrian Adonis. Terry Funk. And on the face side, Ricky Steamboat, Tito Santana, Corporal Kirshner, and Ivan Putsky. Putsky's with the company because he was in the wrestling classic. And this is one where A, the heels get put over and B this is where this it's on this pay-per-view that you begin the steamboat savage run and mm. maybe steamboat you know maybe gets a lucky a lucky uh move on savage maybe you know gets a roll up or whatever and then he gets bludgeoned by bundy or something but mm. uh, i think savage probably or bundy stands tall um, 
here. Yeah, absolutely. Bundy needs to stand tall here. Um, you know, maybe 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 Savage doesn't get the um, maybe does Savage Savage could be counted out or even disqualified. Uh, perhaps yep. perhaps um, you know, Steamboat catches you know, Steamboat's work in the ring sort of starts to frustrate Savage, and Savage gets a pair of brass knucks or grabs a chair and and wallops him to get himself disqualified, or or maybe Savage just does the walk. Um, you know, he's he's had enough, a couple of near falls, and he just rolls out and 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 heads to the back. You could see that happening a, a couple of ways there. Um, I've got a question for you. Uh, the using of Putski. I'm going to throw out a name who was on the roster in '85. Who I wonder if you've got him. I don't know that you'll have him in your main event. King Tonga. Did you have him in your main event because he he'd already made his his appearance by this point? Uh, actually, I don't. I totally forgot about. T- well, when we get to '86, we'll talk a little King Tonga. We but will. I actually did not have uh, King Tonga anywhere on my card. So good call there, Dave. So maybe maybe slotting Tonga in for for Putski would would make the uh, would, would would mean we don't have to don't have to be uh, uh, su- subjected to the, the <laughs> horrible concept of Ivan Putski trying to continue his career for one That's last match. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Polish power. Um, uh, obviously the heels win here because all the heels are great and they all yeah. got big things. Both, all four of them, Funk, Adonis, and Avi, particularly Savage and Bundy, have mm. big things planned for 1986. So, yeah. um, uh, okay, ready for this main event? I think this is going to be a doozy. Yep, I kind of tightened up that War Games match, and if you want to know the War Games match. Check out last month's episode. On the face side, on the heel side, Roddy Piper. And actually, this one, again, four on four. Roddy Piper, Magnificent Morocco, Cowboy Bob Orton, Big John Stud. On the face side, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, JYD, and Paul Orndorff, who is now baby. Uh... Great match, but uh, one of two things can happen. Piper eats the pin on Hogan to end the feud permanently, or it comes down to Hogan-Piper because Vince doesn't care about shows ending in DQs in 1985, and King Kong Bundy comes out just like he did at War Games. And keeps antagonizing the champion, demanding a world title match. Mm. So it could work either way there. But I think another hot main event. Again, you could finish off the Hogan Piper feud and have Hogan just pin him if Piper cares, uh, which at the time he usually did. <laughs> or you um you maybe have like the match ended at DQ when Bundy comes in and beats the shit out of Hogan. Hmm. What do you think? Well, I, I don't think Piper would want to get pinned. I think he needs <laughs> to be DQ'd in some way. Um, but I love, I, I, I mean, that that's that's the clear cut main event. Andre, JYD, Hogan, and Orndorff. You, you, you're seeing them all together. Um, I, I think you, you, you've got it pretty well there. I think I, I could see. 
you know, maybe maybe you look instead of maybe maybe you know the way that the WWF often worked is is sort of having guys you know we, we saw over the years in in events like the Rumble and 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 the Survivor Series where guys go into the match with one feud operating and come out with another maybe you morph um, Piper off onto Orndorff more permanently by having Orndorff and Piper brawl to the back. Um, Good point. Okay. To, to both get counted out of the ring, to get them both out of the way without having to sacrifice either of them. Yeah, and the other problem is Andre. I don't know. I don't know what you do there because well, obviously I think, it's I think time. You need, I think at the end you would have Andre and Hogan standing tall at the end. Yeah, and Hogan would get the win. Yeah, I agree. Now, one thing I, I, I I'm going to throw out something to 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 consider because maybe the main event could be a five man match because I had pretty well the same main event lotted, but there are two other guys that were still competing. One who was a very big eye into Hogan is Hillbilly Jim. Uh, he was oh, heavily yeah. okay. associated with Hogan. Yes, he but was. On the, yep. on the heel side, there is a guy who was still in and out of the ring at this point. It wasn't fully retired yet, still appearing in matches in late 1985, who I think it would be fantastic for him to have that one opportunity to appear in ring on WWF pay-per-view, and that's none other than Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, okay. So you could bring them in. And and, and look, I'm, I'm sorry, Jess, you are going to have to lay down um, if you're going to be in this match. Um, yep. Vince has sort of said, look, if you're going to be in it, you're going to lay down. And and Jesse is going to get beat, probably by Hogan, maybe by Andre. Maybe Andre can can eliminate Jesse. But um, I, I think, yeah, look, I, overall, I think in the end, you, you, you're going to want Andre and Hogan standing tall. They were the they were the top two guys. I mean, Hogan was your number one guy, but Andre was Andre at that, that point in 85 was what Undertaker became at the back end of his career at, when it came to mania. He was untouchable. He was, he wasn't going to lose. He wasn't going to be beaten. And, and Andre needs to be standing, standing tall and proud, but Hogan probably gets the last pin, maybe a, maybe a pin over Orton, maybe Cowboy Bob is the one who takes the final loss to, uh, to, to end the match. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I, I like, I didn't think of Jesse because I wasn't sure if he, you know, maybe he'd have to bow out early. Maybe in our alternate universe, he doesn't have his lung issues. Um, and yeah, I did forget Hibbley, Jim. That's on me. Uh, I didn't even think of that, but um, good addition. I kind of wanted to, t- I wanted, I guess part of me wanted to keep that main event tight uh and only do four on four but but i'm okay adding both those guys to the match i'm fine with that but now that i think about it maybe the bundy thing doesn't happen uh and piper just piper and orendorf brawl and it comes down to hogan and andre against like morocco and stud Hmm. you know orton orton and jyd eliminate each other or whatever maybe orton pins jyd with like tights or something. And then somebody beats Orton and it comes down to Andre and stud against Hogan and, and Morocco and, uh, and you know, Andre and, and Hogan take care of business. Um, obviously you can't have Hogan. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think that's a good feel good moment. And listen, another piece of fine cinema 
for a year and a half later when we're building WrestleMania three. So to have both of them standing tall. So so there's my there's my 85 Survivor Series card, Dave, which I think I think would sell uh, tickets in Richfield, Ohio. (laughs) Some tells me, you know what, Dave? I think because it's a classic venue that never got its due, I think you have to put you at Maple Leaf Gardens. Hmm. I feel like the original Maple Leaf Gardens with the ramp and everything never got like the big show. You know, when what was the first Toronto pay-per-view? WrestleMania six? And it wasn't even at Maple Leaf Gardens. So I think if we're gonna do that, I think we gotta give Maple Leaf Gardens a big show. So I say we put it there. WrestleMania was already at the Gardens, so you can't do it there. So give a little love to uh Jack Tunney's brother and have the Survivor series at uh at Maple Leaf Gardens. Just my opinion. Yep. You know. It'd be it'd be a I nice mean, it'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh I mean what venue in Australia uh you know in nineteen eighty five could you have like a you know an international survivor series? <laughs> the, the sad thing is back in back then we really didn't have those the Australia never really has mega venues until around about two thousand when the Olympics came to Australia. The you know, the the biggest sort of Sydney had the Sydney Entertainment Center, which held about eight, maybe eight and a half mm-hmm. thousand, if even that. Um, Brisbane Entertainment Center, similar sort of six, seven thousand. Um, those were sort of the bigger venues in Australia. It wasn't until two thousand that they purpose built larger larger venues to to cater to um the, the bigger crowds that would come with it with an Olympic arrival. Um and Obviously, eighty-five. They weren't really doing stadium shows, um, right? So it's but that's that's really all that Australia had. You either had your big sporting stadiums, or you had these smaller, you know, seven to eight, nine thousand seat venues, which don't quite. They're not going to quite generate the the atmosphere that the WWF would want for a massive pay per view. Mm. Okay, I was just trying to give you a little international flair, give you some love. <laughs> Uh, but I, I would I would have put it at Maple Leaf Gardens. I think that would have been a pretty cool venue for it. So, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, for our last uh, our last uh, uh, stop on the tour tonight, uh, what do we got? We're going to we're going to go ahead twelve months. We're going to move to nineteen eighty six, and we're going to because we've we've launched Survivor Series in eighty five. Well. We've got to have one in '86, and um, and and so we're going to see uh, where things go into '86. And in, in 1986, unfortunately, um, they they did away with the um, with the tag team match and they mixed the tag teams up through the other matches. And and the and the reason that that needed to be happened is is they just it, there was an uneven balance. I could not I could not find a way to to get a, a full five team tag team uh match up um without it looking you know there was just there was a there was a one side of the coin that was lacking due to where our main event is going to go so let me introduce you to our our five matches our kickoff match uh we've got four 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 matches uh of five cards so our at the time our lower mid card match um 
The, the first team is captained by the Junkyard Dog. And his teammates are Coco Beware, the Rebel Dick Slater, and the recently formed team of Haku and Tama, the Islanders, talking about King Tonga. Uh, although I think at this point they were King, they were still King Tonga and the Tonga Kid. I, I don't think it was until 87 where they, they had the name change. So, uh, And on the other side, we have the team of Jake the Snake Roberts as the captain. And his teammates are the Samoan Seeker, the Dream Team, Brutus Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine, and their partner and new ally, Canada's strongest man, Dino Bravo. Oh, okay. Uh, who just recently arrived at in the company at that point. And look, this is a match where oh, I think I think the, the key to this match is probably um, we want we want Jake to to come out on top. Jake is is on the rise. Jake is about to turn babyface. Um, he's he's got the match with Randy Savage on Saturday night's main event coming up soon, and so um, in the end, we're probably going to see, um, you know, I think maybe maybe Haku and Tama uh, eliminate Seeker. You know, the family connections there between Tama and and Seeker, the Tonga kid and Seeker. They're probably going to get rid of Seeker quite early. Um, I, I think Dino Bravo is probably going to uh, eliminate uh, Dick Slater. I think the Dream Team and the Islanders are probably going to end up eliminating each other. I think you know all all, all four men battling in the ring. You know the that the that old syndrome. Jake's going to drop um, Coco with um, with the DDT. But prior to that, I think uh, JYD is probably going to do something something stupid. He's going to get himself unintentionally disqualified or counted out. Maybe, maybe counted out. Maybe he's chasing Jake around the ring and Jake gets back in the ring and JYD doesn't quite get there in time. Gets himself counted out and then Jake drops Coco with the DDT to win the match and uh, let Damien come out to play. Hmm. I like that match. I have those guys. I have a, I have a very much more truncated card, but I have some of those guys sprinkled around to other places. Um, I like that. I like that. That that's a fun little that's a fun little opener. Uh, I think the Jake thing because we're in the back end of '86. Hmm. That's very interesting for Jake because we're not sure where you, where you want to go with him. But I, I, I said, like that. It's just before his face turns. So I yeah. think they're wanting to to really they're wanting to push Jake and, and the whole DDT and the snake thing. I think they're wanting to, to they're seeing the reactions. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I like the I like the Jake thing. I do. I like that. Uh you have the Islanders. I did not have the Islanders, although I do have one half of the Islanders. Um yeah. Well played, Dave. I like that one. I like that one. Uh, I only have three matches because I loaded up on the back end. So this is, I guess, uh, uh, maybe there'll be a lot of interviews and stuff. And <laughs> maybe Bobby talks about because I don't have Andre. Well, I have Andre in this match, but I kind of don't. You'll know what I mean. Yeah. My main event's badass. You'll love it. But uh, I, mine's going to be very interview heavy because I think. Uh, Bobby starts the wheels in motion on the Andre stuff. This is, mm. this is, um, so 
Why don't you give me your next match? All right. Don't do. Do you have a tag? I don't have it. I don't have a match with only the tag teams. I've scattered the tag teams through the card. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Do your next match then, because then I'll do my first match, which is a tag. So go ahead. All right. Well, my second match um, is the team captained by the Intercontinental Champion Randy Savage, Macho Man Randy Savage, and okay. his teammates are the Natural Butch Reed, oh, Kamala. Okay. And Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And their opponents are the team. Well, I'm going to leave the captain for last because the, the, the teammates are the British Bulldogs, the, the WWF tag team champions, Tito Santana, the recently arrived Billy Jack Haynes. And this team was supposed to be captained by Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. But. About two weeks prior to this event, Randy Savage on, on, on Superstars of Wrestling put Steamboat out during their Intercontinental title matches, has draped him, throat over, and dropped the bell on him, and, and Steamboat is, is out with, a throat, with his throat injury. And stepping in to the spot as captain of the team, Bruno Sammartino. Hmm. Uh, damn you. <laughs> you stole my thunder because I thought I was the only one that was going to use Dabrun. But, uh, uh, but I, uh, yeah. Well, Bruno Savage, don't forget. I mean, they had, they were having banger matches at the beginning of 86. Well, that was Bruno, Bruno stepped in, um, you know, Bruno stepped into a series of matches with Savage when Steamboat, when they did the Steamboat injury angle. Um, cause Bruno sort of at the end of that superstars uh, taping, Bruno is trying to get an update. Savage comes out and Bruno, they, they basically end up fighting backstage. And then if you look at history of WWE, Bruno had a series of matches with Savage as steamboats substitute. So it sort of felt fitting to sort of follow that lead. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Now I think I think in this case um, we're going to look. You bring him out. You, you've you've got to have him. You've got to have him survive. I, right. I, I see. I see this as probably um, Savage taking care of Tito Santana early. Um, I think Billy Jack Haynes is probably going to eliminate Kamala. Um, the Bulldogs will take care of Sheik and Volkov, and um, and then. You, you, you probably, I think you'll find Butch Reed gets rid of uh, Billy Jack Haynes. San Martino gets a pin on Reed and Savage sees the numbers. It's three on one. Savage picks up the title, grabs Elizabeth by the hand. He heads to the back. He doesn't want to have a piece of Bruno. He doesn't want to in any way subject himself to this. I think at, at this point, Savage's character it opened the idea that Savage would would take care of himself and he'd he'd take the count out loss rather than have to deal with an angry Bruno um in this situation. And so Savage Savage takes the count out loss and our and our survivors are the tag team champions, the Bulldogs and Bruno Sammartino. Because as I said, you can't have Bruno make a comeback and not survive. 
sort of painted yeah. myself into a corner there. I, I, I sort of realized that after I booked it. I kind of painted myself into a corner too, but uh, uh, but my main event is a little, probably a little different uh, in terms of what to do with certain legends. But I like that. I like that a lot. Actually, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good heat there, and uh, legends aren't treated the same in different eras. And I'll I'll make that point when I get to my main event. But um, Bruno brings obviously the, the the hardcore old school fan, and for old school in 1986, we're talking the 70s. So uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that, uh, Dave. Um, the mid card oh, wow. in '86 was actually pretty good. It there is are a lot of there are a lot it of is. bodies, you mm. know. Very, very, very strong. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's hear, let's hear your your tag. You, you said you've got you've managed you've put together a tag team match, a tag I team did. battle. So let's hear your tag team battle. All right. So on the babyface side, uh, similar to '85, but a little different. Again, the British Bulldogs, who are at this time, this time they're the World Tag Team Champions, the Killer Bees, because they're around, and the team of Tito Santana and the Junkyard Dog. On the babyface side, I'm sorry, on the heel side, you have the team of our foundation, who at the time are slowly working their way up to be number one contenders, the Dream Team, the former Tag Team Champions, and the Funks. Uh, Jimmy Jack, and I'm sorry, uh, uh, Haas and Terry. I don't know if Terry was still there in '86. At, at the end of '86, I think he was. Um, so I, th- I think Terry had left by this point, and they were using Jimmy Jack in his place. Okay, so all right, so I'll stick that in. I'll use the Prime Universe and the Ultimate Universe is the same. So we'll say I just put the Funks. So I'll say Haas and Jimmy Jack, the Dream Team. Uh, Valentine and Beefcake and Anvil and Brett against the Bulldogs, the Bees, and the team of Tito and JYD, which is kind of an extension of the feud that went on in 86, of course, at WrestleMania 2. So, uh, again, I think this is a pure talent match with a ton of uh, of uh, uh, back and forth and fun in ring. Um, and I think uh, you have the heels win here with uh, the Har Foundation and uh, Standing Tall alone at the end. Uh, I think you maybe have some miscommunication, and Beefcake costs his team the his team the elimination, which maybe uh, leads to um, dissension, or maybe have Valentine do the, because you want Beefcake to turn face. So maybe you have Valentine cause some miscommunication. Yeah. And lead to them getting pinned, and uh, um, and it's causing their dissension into 1987. Uh, and I think the the Har Foundation maybe stand tall, or you have it end in a double DQ, and you've got the Hearts and the and the Bulldogs brawling to end the uh, match, and maybe it ends in a double count out or a double DQ or something. Mm-hmm. That depends on how you would want to book going into '87 with the team, with the with the tag teams. So, yeah, you probably want to have something where 
yeah, I guess if you want to do booking 101, you, like you said, you probably want Brett Nanville to probably get the 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 shock, the shock, mm-hmm. uh, the shock victory over the Bulldogs in some way, whether it be a, the 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 roll up, the cheating, or 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 they're the last two teams and Bulldogs get counted out or something like they 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 you know grit the counter. I think it'd be a good opportunity that, that this match could be maybe that match could be refereed by Danny Davis. And um, well, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Yep. Yeah, Danny yeah. Davis. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Yeah, and and Danny Davis does something to uh to something shady that allows Britain Britain uh Britain Anvil to to stand tall at the end. Yep. Hmm. No yeah, problem like with that. that. Yeah. Like no that. problem with that at all. Okay. Cool. Excellent. All right. Uh, your turn. All right. So my semi-main event. Um, on the heel side, we have the team captained by the adorable Adrian Adonis, and his teammates are his bodyguard, the ace cowboy Bob Orton, and good friend and associate, John Mor- the magnificent Morocco. And they're joined by um, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart, the Hart Foundation, and opposing them is the team captained by Rowdy Roddy Piper. And his teammates include um, Jacques and Raymond, the Rougeau brothers. And because Roddy Piper does not care who his teammates are and just thinks he can win with any old people, he's joined by Pedro Morales and Dan Spivey. Now, I'll admit, this was another case of struggling to find some people to make up the numbers of my teams. There are a couple of people that I wanted to avoid using. Number one, I didn't want to have two sets of tag teams um, together. So I made the choice to put the Rougeos in rather than the Killer Bees. And, um, and the Honky Tonk Man had debuted in the company at this point, but I didn't want him in any way to be associated with Roddy Piper. So I left Honky off the card altogether. <laughs> um, so trying to trying to trying to find um trying to find a scratch there um end up with with Spivey and Pedro as our as our two guys. I I think this match you're going to see Brett and Anvil um deal with the Rougeau brothers. Uh, they'll probably get a a pin on one of them, and maybe uh, maybe Orton hits the superplex on the other. Uh so we we'll be sitting at 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 five on three. Um, I, I then think you know, you're going to have um, uh, maybe at this point, uh, after Brett maybe gets a, a pin on, maybe maybe Brett gets the pin on on Raymond, um, and he's sort of celebrating, and Piper comes up and rolls him up from behind, grabs the tights, and 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 manages to eliminate Brett, um, you know, in, in a bit of a shocking way because I, I I again found myself booked into a corner because we've got a tag team that we want to build. We're going to be top champions soon, but I, I didn't want them to be at the end. I didn't want them to to make it to the end. So I thought, no, having Piper maybe get the the, the quick shock roll up on Brett would work. Um, you know, Nightheart probably gets uh, gets counted out or disqualified, annoyed by that. Orton, Morocco, and Adonis easily deal with Spivey and Pedro. So we end up three on one. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Adrian Adonis. Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, Don Morocco. Um, 
I, I see this one of those typical standard what you see, you know, almost probably similar to Roddy Pipe, uh, to sorry Jake the Snake when he ended up against um, in in the nineteen ninety um, nineteen ninety Survivor Series where he was up against the Visionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that was yeah nineteen ninety against the Visionaries. Yep. Um, you know he probably. Yeah, he's he's battling, he's struggling. Um, I I think he he gets um, he gets uh, a, a bit of a, a roll up. Uh, he gets sort of the shock roll up on 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 Ace to sort of deal with his with his um, former former bodyguard. He gets the um, he gets uh, again some form of you know grabbing the tights, putting his feet on the ropes to eliminate Morocco. But I think those happen very quickly, and then. All three of them just jump in, and Adonis Orton and Morocco just lay a beat down on Piper. Piper is given the victory by disqualification, but he's lying there in, in a bloody mess at the end of the match to continue to build to that wanting to get his hands on on, on Adonis one-on-one. Right. Yes. I like that. Um, uh so you have so in your universe, Piper doesn't leave. Is that is that right? Did I get that Piper, right? Piper had just returned. The whole the whole okay. um, the whole Piper's Pit flower shop angle happened in in September October. Okay, so, I just want to make yeah. sure. Okay, so, so they were that he was back and 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 right. yeah, it's all built around. This was all built around that that angle. And mm-hmm. this is sort of the, the first step, Piper in the ring with him, which is why he doesn't care who his partners are. He doesn't right. really bother with them. Um, but you know, in the end, you know, he 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 comes out with the win, but it's Adonis Orton and Morocco who 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 look who who still look very strong, having beaten him to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I in my world, Piper. Uh, does not wrestle. Um, but we'll get more into that in the main event. Okay. But I like your match. I like your match. That's an excellent match full of mid cards. Here's mine. I have four on four for this one. Uh, on the. Did I do that right? Okay. Just want to make sure I type that right. Oh, okay. So on the heel side. Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, the Magnificent Morocco, and Hercules. And on the babyface side, Ricky Steamboat, Dick Slater, Tonga Kid. I'm sorry, Tonga, King Tonga, a.k.a. Future Haku, and Billy Jack Haynes. So, um, I think this is going to be a crazy brawl i think steamboat and savage are the survivors and since this is an alternate universe dave this is where savage attacks steamboat oh and, injure, like and injures his and injures his throat yep and it ends in a dq and steamboat went the steamboat wins the match but he's sitting there spitting up blood. And it's the same thing as happened in our prime universe, except it happens at this pay-per-view. Oh, I like that. That's, that's so, a, 
So are you giving are you giving the victory to Savage or is Savage getting disqualified? Savage is getting disqualified. Okay. So it doesn't matter in the end. In the end, it's all about Steamboat getting fucking jumped and because he know you know, obviously the building up is Steamboat is obviously a threat to Savage's um intercontinental title. So obviously, like in real life, in our in our in the prime universe. This is what happens if they do it here and Savage says, you know what? Fuck this survivor shit. I don't care. And he he attacks. Um, he attacks uh, uh, Steamboat and goes through the whole throat thing. And we begin the build for them to uh, the big match at the Silverdome. So. No, I like that. Oh, I, I, I like that there. idea. Mm. What would like you do? Heat. How would you how would you bring how would you get Jake out of the match? Because that's the only the, the the combination of Savage and Jake. Jake was such a rising star at this point. How are you gonna how are you going to eliminate Jake without making him look weak? Um maybe DDT. Uh, I don't know, one of the scrubs like Dick Slater or somebody on the floor. I know it's all DQs and, and everybody hates that, but Maybe he maybe he DDTs Dick Slater on the floor, takes him out. Because by the by the beginning of '87, you know he's gone, Dick Slater, pretty much. So yeah. um, maybe you maybe you, maybe he DDTs him on the floor and and uh, they get double DQ'd, something like that. I know all these DQs is annoying, but unfortunately, when you're when you're putting all these fucking mid rising studs in these matches, somebody you know it's kind of hard, you know, but. Uh, you're gonna hate what I do in the main event, but um, <laughs> uh, it's it's five straight DQs. No, it's not. Um, no, this isn't the '89. This isn't the '89 Survivor Series when Hogan's team disqualifies everybody. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I think I think it's similar to what happened with Savage. I think uh, with uh, Steamboat earlier in the year. I think uh, I think. Uh, uh, Jake like DDT somebody I don't care Slater or somebody and gets DQ'd Um, and but now obviously Jesse can say things like these guys don't care about wins and losses uh, gorilla they just want to take guys out they don't get the purse money they make enough money gorilla it's not about (laughs) money you know Um, sorry finish yeah I was about to say it's it's about taking out all of Hogan's allies so come the main event, he's got nobody to save him, kind of thing. Yeah. So what? What about with Jake? What if? What if he was to get the pin? Like, what if he was to take out like a Dick, like you said, Dick Slater in the ring, and because he's DDT'd him, he 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 gets the snake out, and refuses to refuses to take the snake away, and that leads to the DQ. So he. <laughs> He, he's he's got the snake out. He's threatening the referee with a snake. He's refusing to put the snake back in the bag, and he gets the warning. If you don't, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and and then they they send him to the back because he doesn't he he won't put the snake away. Then we still get to see the snake. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yep, that's true too. Hmm. Uh. Either way, but, either way, the only way to probably keep him strong is to is to have some form of DQ, which is yeah. like you said, we don't have all these DQs. But it was I know. 
but it was it was also very common like like we said back in those those early survivor series when they were trying to keep guys strong for the house show circuit and for the feuds that's how they did it count outs and dqs was yep. was the way to protect people so yeah yeah and when you know when you're when i got a team I got a heel team that's got both Savage and Jake on it. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> There's nothing you do yeah. about it. And Morocco, who at the time was still still quite high on the card. Yeah. So, but, you know, Morocco, you could kind of eat that a little bit. Uh, besides, Morocco was sliding down the heel card anyway, and he was, was going to get reinvented. So it's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, main event time. The main events. Okay. Yes. So my main event is going to see the Heenan family in their entirety. Paul Orndorff, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, the King Harley Race, and the Mighty Hercules all teaming up to take on the team of Hulk Hogan. The machines, the giant machine, the big machine, and the super machine. And they're joined by, well, look, you can probably throw one of two or three guys into the mix, either Hillbilly Jim or George the Animal Steel, probably under a mask with the machine gimmick, sort of, yeah, like they were doing on the house show circuit, the animal machine or the Hillbilly machine or something like that. But Mm-hmm. That 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 I really felt I wanted to play on the that machine storyline with the Heenan family, but at the same time you had the Orndorff Hogan angle going. So I really wanted to put that together. But you've got five Heenan members, three machines, and Hogan. So someone else has got to come into the mix. It probably doesn't matter whether it's Hillbilly Jim, Georgie Animal Steel, someone who is going to be accepted as they're associated with Hogan. They're going to be there, but you know they're probably going to be the first person eliminated as well. So that, that that's our main event. Now, before we get to that, probably earlier in the night, Mean Gene is actually going to have interviewed Andre the Giant backstage. Um, he's going to have indicated that Andre is there just as a spectator. He, he still knows he's suspended, but he's just come along to throw his support behind Hulk Hogan and 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 the machines and he wants to know who the giant machine is too he's always wondered that and um he'd like to meet the giant machine um is 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 how the interview goes um but yeah we we've got our main event here um now in this case um you know we're, we're going to we're going to see as i said hillbilly jim is probably going to go early um we're going to probably see at some point i think we're going to see um i think the giant machine is going to be eliminated when he chases heenan from ringside i don't really want the giant machine in the match at all like he's there but he's never going to get in the ring he's probably you know maybe maybe big machine or super machine hits a move on 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 start or bundy and and Heenan, maybe Heenan grabs the referee or, or or jumps on the apron to grab the referee and 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 Giant sort of steps in the ring. Heenan sees him. Heenan jumps down and Giant goes out of the ring to start to stalk Heenan. Heenan heads to the back and the machine and Giant follows him. That allows you to sort of create the elements of where that Andre Heenan's story goes because you can later justify it that well they were already working together and giant 
you know, didn't want to go, you know, face any of the family and, and, you know, they, they worked out a deal where Heenan was going to leave and Giant was going to go with him, you know, sort of part of that, that storyline. Um, I think, uh, you know, um, Harley probably gets beaten by, you know, maybe, maybe Super Machine or Big Machine sort of deal with, with Harley and, and, and Hercules. Um, you then, you then have a situation where probably Stud or Bundy, as we said, one of them is going to get DQ'd. Um, and then we're, we're going to end up on the path where Hogan is probably the last one in there with Orndorff and Bundy. Um, we all know Hogan must pose, as, um, as uh, Bruce Pritchard likes to say, and Hogan gets the, the pin on Bundy. And I, I, I think, you know, maybe he gets – maybe he um, – uh, we get a situation where Hogan and Orndorff are battling on the outside and either Hogan rolls back in or he runs Orndorff into the ring post so that Jesse can start firing up about how how um, Hogan used the ring post. Uh, Hogan cheats. Hogan you know, needs the outside of the ring stuff to, to get the win. So Hogan gets the win over Orndorff, but it's a cheap win. And it, that creates the scenario where you can build to the steel cage match at Saturday night's main event where, um, mm. you know, they're sort of saying, well, you only, you only got your win because you went outside, but if we meet in the steel cage, you're not going to be able to do that. And Orndorff will, will beat you. So Hogan stands tall, but Orndorff, he, he, he loses probably by count out after being rammed into the ring post. Okay. Uh, I like that. Very creative. Um, you know, taking care of getting the Bobby uh, Andre stuff started while at the same time uh, finishing off uh, Bundy and then getting ready for a match. I was at live and that was uh, Hogan and Orndorff. Uh, I like that main event. I like that. That was very good, Dave. But my main event, it's total fanboy right here. Um <laughs> <laughs> you're going to you're going to like this. So, it's a 5 on 5. The heel team is Paul Orndorff, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, Adrian Adonis, and Harley Race. Hmm. Your babyface team. Hulk you're going to laugh. Hulk Hogan the Machines, Bruno San Martino, and Pedro Morales. <laughs> Hogan says he wants to have the greatest of all time on his team. So he is going to have not just one, but two former World Wrestling Federation champions with him to go to war. And I couldn't think of two better guys than Dabrun and Pedro. And maybe you do this one at the Garden. I don't know. Maybe you still do Chicago. I don't know. But you'd have to do the Garden if you're going to have Bruno and Pedro. And Pedro, correct. And then, at one point, at one point, Dave, you get Bruno and Harley in the oh. ring alone. 
the greatest wrestler of the World Wrestling Federation in the 70s versus the greatest wrestler of the NWA of the 70s. Mm. Am I totally fanboying it up or not? Or what? That would be awesome. (laughs) Totally fanboyed it up right there. He should be retired by that point. Probably. But let me tell you something. They'd still put asses in the seats. I'll tell you that right now. Particularly at MSG. Um, And... I'm assuming uh, Bruno gets the gets a pin on 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 Harley Race because Vince wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Bruno gets the pin. This is Vince's world, and 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 Harley's only around to live in it. Um. But Bruno, uh, Pedro will get pinned because you know he's a solid, but he's not Bruno. Pedro will get pinned by Bundy or Stud. Um. The machines and uh, maybe the, the the big machine gets pinned. And technically, the giant machine can get pinned because technically it's not Andre. So maybe Stud pins the giant machine and he starts yelling out, I finally beat Andre. I beat Andre. And he takes off the mask and it's another mask. <laughs> <laughs> And then they get chased off. Mm. And Hogan ends up pinning uh, Bundy. And Bruno pins Orndorff because, you know, that's okay. You could still have a title match with the cage. And the last two survivors in the ring are Hogan and Bruno. Mm. Does that make you cry or what? Come on. Come on. Is Bruno going to pose with him? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Now, I don't know what kind of relation. I mean, this was 1986, so I don't know what kind of relationship Bruno and Hogan had. I'm sure at that point it was fine. Bruno really didn't get pissed off until like 89. but. I think it would be pretty awesome. I think it would be ridiculously awesome to have Hogan and Bruno stand tall at the end of the show. Uh, it, it, look, it would be, and um, you just you just know that if 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 that match was ever to happen again, there's no way. If Bruno, I think you've got the same philosophy. If Bruno was to be appearing, Bruno is not going to be losing. Um, so Bruno and Hogan. Standing tall there, almost that passing of the torch kind of type of concept. Probably seeing that that they do the big handshake in the middle of the ring, maybe even the hug, and and Hogan raises Bruno's hand, and then Bruno goes no, 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 and he lifts Hogan's hand up as sort yep. of like the I'm passing the torch to you now. Um, probably an, annoyed as hell that he's got to that he's got to do it, um, but uh, yeah, sort of symbolically handing it over. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think. um, uh, But in the alternate universe, Dave, look, we 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 did an episode here where we did not uh, have Montreal. So I think here we can do it where, uh, you know, Bruno's a happy guy. So (laughs) so I'm okay with that. But I think it would be a fun way to end a pay-per-view. I think it would be really great. It would. 
I know, I know, I know, Dave, I do kind of fanboy it a little bit and, and, you know, but that, that's what makes this show so much fun is we can absolutely pull some stuff out of our butt and (laughs) and have some fun with it. So I think in an alternate universe, a pay-per-view in 1986 that sees, uh, that sees, um, uh, Bruno and Hogan ending a show together. Listen, in four months in Pontiac, Hogan's validated. So, hmm. you know, I think this is a bonus to have Bruno in the garden raise his hand and go, all right, you know, it was done for me in, you know, 1963. I could do it now, you yeah. know. Uh, so I, I, I like it. I like it. I'm proud of that. I like both my main events tonight. You did a hell of a job with the undercard, Dave. I kind of like my main events, though. I think you. Oh, and I, I think we should start a. I think we should start a fantasy promotion. That's what I think. We should <laughs> <start>. <laughs> because we both have time for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, there you go. There's our. Uh, I can't believe. I mean, I did not expect this episode to go this long. Uh, but that 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 proves how how much fun it is hmm. to rewrite history, and and have some fun. So. I really did not think this episode would go this long, but uh, but I'm glad you're I'm glad you listened. Thanks for for listening. Uh, it was an honor and it was fun to bring it to you. Uh, Dave, where can everyone find you? Um, as always, uh, you can find me lurking around uh, primarily on Facebook. You'll see me um, popping in and out of out of the place to be Facebook pages and and commenting around. Feel free to drop me a line, uh, send me a message. You can you can private message me through Facebook as well. I still can't bring myself to to jump on Twitter yet. It's just something I can't I can't <laughs> do. But uh, but I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Did you do? You, are you enjoying some of the some of the ideas that we've come up with? Uh, are there are there elements like maybe you 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 agree with the the, the card structure, but you'd you'd have someone else go over? I would love to hear from you. Dro- drop us a line. Post messages on the on on either the the place to be um, nation pages or, or send me a, a message on Facebook. We'd we'd love to be able to just touch base and 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 connect through through this journey and uh, yeah, really enjoying that. How about you, Scott? How can people reach you? Well, you can find me, of course, uh, on the Twitter uh, because uh, you know marketing is what it is. Uh, uh, my personal Twitter is at Scott C Podfather, but more importantly, our brand Twitter is at PTB and Wrestling. And we mentioned this uh, at, on last month's show, and we're going to mention it again. Next month, our December episode, we're going to do kind of like a kind of like a looking glass mailbag. Mm. Uh, we want you to give us your questions and kind of quick hits. You know, what would you do in this match, or what would you do here, or how would you change this, or would you put this in a different city, or anything you want to come up with that could happen in an alternate universe, shoot it our way. Either private message me on Twitter. You can put it on the PTBN Wrestling Twitter page. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your, uh, you know, your your questions. And quickies, just like, oh, would you change the outcome of this match? Uh, what do you think of this? Would you put this pay-per-view in this city? Or, you know, anything yeah. like that. Uh, we'd now, how would you, how would, yeah, how would you book, yeah, how would you book, how would you bring a finish to, and in a promotional match between Flair and Hogan in 1987, you know, right? Something exactly. E- easy that we're not gonna that we can do a little bit of depth, but not not spend half an hour on. 
Exactly. So quick hits. We the more the you know we want to have a nice, easy flowing, fun, uh, you know, fun show for December to end uh, 2022 before we get into the new year. So uh, that'll be our episode next month. So bring it in, uh, private message me or put it on the Twitter um, or even put it on the place to be uh, Facebook group page anywhere you want to do it. I think uh, I think we'd have a, a lot of fun with it. So thanks for listening, everybody. Dave, always a pleasure. You know that. Uh, enjoy your. Enjoy your. No, sorry, yes, Scott, I was going to say, it is a pleasure for me to be with you, but I want to wish you and I want to wish all all uh, our listeners in, in the Northern Hemisphere, in North America, a, a happy Thanksgiving. I do hope that you enjoy that time with, with family and friends. Keep safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. And enjoy your chicken and lamb for <laughs> thanks for the world. Uh, thank you, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football. And we'll have some mailbag fun in yeah. December. Here's a looking glass. Let's do this. Roll the dice, play your cards, break the rules. That's that's who you are. Whoever said play it safe. Never played the game So many players But too many pawns Too many judges say what's right or wrong Let them jump into the fire If they want to chances every time that you stand up there's another chance to Carry you away.